Good. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. You're tuned to the Tech Ranch. I'm Steve Bakken and Jordan joining us, our social media guru. And of course, everywhere is all a buzz because of the Super Bowl. And of course, the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey story. Um, but non-Super Bowl related, well, technically, I suppose it is considering she was flying over from Japan yep. to make the Super Bowl. Um, but non-Super Bowl related, technically, um, Somebody's been tracking Taylor Swift's jet flights. That's right. Yeah. That's all over social media. Right. Yeah. Um, it's uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift. Allegedly, her jet in 2022 was the most uh, or the, the, the jet most responsible for carbon emissions in 2022. Okay. You can't make that up. People track that, right? That's true. And what her legal team said, uh, well, hey, wait, 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 wait legal team that's right so there's social media that precipitated a legal team response that's right so the two main things they said about the uh, the carbon emissions of 2022 is she was not the only person using that jet so to blame it all on her is ridiculous still her jet well, yeah exactly but number two they said that the person uh tracking taylor swift's uh flight patterns has put her personal safety in danger by sharing that information that is already public why are, are it, it's public? You can go to Flight Tracker. You, there's a lot of different apps out there. You can go celebrity jets. You can go corporate jets. You can go just airline. Tra there's a lot of different trackers out there because they have to file flight plans plans with the FAA. That's right. So public record, public knowledge. It, there's a lot of ways to track that stuff. Um, what are they worried about from a public say or a, her personal safety? That terrorists going to shoot the plane down or? Um, San Francisco, a disgruntled San Francisco 49er fan. I, I don't get it. What, how's the personal safety play into where your plane is flying? So it's, I think it's just like knowing her every move and location. Um, Swifties, we don't be a celebrity. Well, that's exactly it. Swifties, uh, are, you know, some of the most, uh, uh, enthusiastic fans of any celebrity very well okay so here's the one cool thing about taylor swift though from a as you follow it on social media if you take a look at where she started and i, I knew her a little bit when she started sure and she started in the country music world that's why i got to know her a little bit and then she stepped out of country music into the pop world mm -hmm. okay great and she had this following Young girls, country, pop, everybody now. But look who the Swifties are. Right. So she still has the young girls. Right. But the Swifties go all the way up to 50s, 60s. Yes, absolutely. It encompasses every, there is no, there's no pigeonholing anybody into go, oh, okay, well, this is her core 
Swifty group. Right. No, it could be anybody. Yes. I mean, when you're the biggest pop star. Mass appeal. Exactly. When you're the biggest pop star in the world, people are going to track your jet. People are going to listen to your music, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, of any age, you know, and, and especially because she does not have other than who she's dating. She doesn't have that much of an open personal life. No, right? she's no, she's actually her and her family, her mom mostly has been very, very cognizant of trying to keep her somewhat grounded. It's, yeah. And I've got a lot of respect for Taylor Swift. Um, once she left the country world, I didn't really follow her as an artist. Sure. Because I didn't wasn't into the music as much anymore. Um, but they've done a really good job of that balance between private and public. Right. And this is where I want to go on the social media side of stuff. How hard is that nowadays? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, she started like a long time ago, as you said, um, and kind of had the appeal of almost like she's a She's a people person. She's of the people, right? You know, she was writing her own songs. Her her first couple of records were 100% written by her. All of her country songs, which is great. Magic Notebook. And she was writing since she was a little, little girl. Right, exactly. So, I mean, and just because she didn't really you know, share all of her personal information back then and still became, you know, such a superstar. I think she has that luxury of not oversharing online, right? So... Well, once she became a pop star, don't undersell the, okay, everybody she's dated and broke up with got a song written about that. Absolutely. And I mean, that's that's her brand, is that she is, uh, you know, emotional and... Exactly. To her, to her, Absolutely. It makes just like them. If you can project yourself onto a celebrity and be like, they're like me, see? That's the way, that's that's the Taylor Swift appeal, in my opinion, is that you can see something that you like about Taylor Swift in yourself and vice versa. So going back to the jet. Yeah. So, and I'm kind of surprised that this is kind of blown up on social media. Yeah. And the legal team that's involved saying this is a personal say, I'm like, are we forgetting about all the layers of security that already exist at an airport? Right. So so what are you worried about? I, because the minute she walks off a plane, somebody's going to know that she, Taylor's in my town. Right. So that part of it doesn't matter. No. So if somebody figures out a half hour before you're going to be there, who cares? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's it, so. For example, this same kid uh, was tracking the flights of Desantis, Kim Kardashian. Uh, you know, because yeah, this is a kid that was right. doing this. And, yeah, and she wasn't the only one. Right. So this is right. So exactly, like following Donald Trump's plane and DeSantis's plane and Kim Kardashian's plane and Kylie Jenner's plane. It's those are all public interest, and those are all people that are huge public figures at any given time. Those people are not. Uh, suing this child <laughs> for for tracking those planes, right? You, so, you know what this kid didn't track? What's that? My plane. That's true. I don't have one. That's right. That's right. Not anymore. <laughs> that never did, dude. Okay, okay. <laughs> Not Marlo. Come on, modest. I'm a. <laughs> So, I mean, now what's being talked about is the fact that she is flying from Tokyo to uh, the the Super Bowl. I watched the Super Bowl. Right. And as her boyfriend's playing in it. Right. It's hard. Right. Uh, you know, a 12-hour flight from Japan to Vegas. And, you know, so they, they do this thing called carbon credits where a lot of celebrities on their behalf will buy carbon credits. It's actually a shorter flight on it if you're on the right private plane. That's, yeah, that's true. That's why you take private planes. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... That's why I take my private plane, honestly. It's just, it's so much quicker to get across town. But drone. 
Just yeah, I also have a helicopter and a jet ski. It's not a big deal. They're all solid gold. <laughs> but just to say, um, the fact that this is such a public interest is such an interesting thing for me because just looking at the social media and all the backlash and how the Swifties are coming at this person and then, you know, people that like the analytics and the social media side of it are like on the side of the person posting these things, right? So just to say, like, the fact that this is what everyone on the internet is talking about right now is absolutely bananas to me. You know, um, when you start looking into some of the metrics with this, because I, I want to get a little bit into some of the conspiracy theories surrounding Taylor Swift. Of course. And the Super Bowl and who she's dating. And um, so there's two camps out there, kind of two conspiracy theory camps that I've been following a little bit on social media. One is... Oh my gosh, if Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, is Travis Kelsey going to propose at the 50-yard line to Taylor Swift after the game? Okay, that's one camp. And the other is, okay, if Kansas City loses the game, is that going to be why they break up and he's going to get a song written about him? He's going to get a whole album if they well, break up. He might get an album. But, but okay. And it's all amusing to me because I'm trying to figure out where social media has gotten to. And, and we've discussed this in the past that, you know, I kind of miss the days when people would just post what they were having for dinner. Right. And then we've talked about the influencer side of things. Yeah. And now, you know, where social media has gone, it's, there's a conspiracy theory for everything so there's a, a yin and a yang and you know me i like things in balance and equilibrium and if there's a this then there's a that and now that's just a whole lot of this and that right it, it it it's so inundating and a lot of it's because of the taylor swift stuff that's going on right now because what's missing usually this time of the year and the lead up after the the Super Bowl teams are set are okay. Who's playing in the Super Bowl and social media is a wash with those two teams and information about those two teams and stuff from their fans and the fan base and the venue and the NFL and the teams. And they're all inundating social media commercials. Does it seem quiet this year? And like just, just Super Bowl stuff because it seems like it's, Super Bowl stuff and Taylor Swift. So Super it's Bowl. Taylor Swift and, oh, by the way, there's a Super Bowl game. And the, it's the election year. So there's a lot yeah. to talk about. There's a lot to bog down social media at the right. moment. Yeah. I mean, if you look at like the Twitter homepage, I'm sorry, X homepage, the Reddit homepage, these are the things that are trending. on Twitter. It's okay. I, I, it's, it's Twitter. I asked Elon. He said it was okay. Oh, that's great. I'm, I'm sure he's fine with it. Um, but anyway, just to say, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it is less of a... Uh, Super Bowl as far as social media is concerned and more of a it's like promotion for Taylor Swift's new album yep. which is coming out on the 19th of February on I imagine uh, like Columbia Records or something I have no idea um, and that's some free promo from me to you Taylor if you're listening what's up I'd like a song too you used to be Big Machine that was gonna say Big Machine yeah I don't know if it still is. Probably that's Sony country, but yeah, I think Sony's got rights to everything. Um, or Universal Music Group for sure, because all of that stuff just got taken off of TikTok, if you recall. Right. And Swifty fans are very upset about that as well. Yeah, so that's a music group. Yeah. Uh, so you bring up a great 
talk about because given social media, where it's at right now, does it mean that events have kind of morphed into not necessarily about the event, but about the social media aspect of the event and the social media aspect has actually become bigger than the event. Yeah, absolutely. It's free press. That's that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I'm like the guy during the Grammys that climbed the the sphere. Yeah, absolutely. It's that was social media play 101. The belt. Oh, I you know, we'll talk about that. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek. Marlo Anderson. Social media has become bigger than life in a lot of regards. In fact, at least it's become bigger than the events. Uh, so, Jordan, we're talking a little bit about the Super Bowl and how, to me, it just seems quiet this year. It's not about the Super Bowl. It's about the social media aspect of connected to the Super Bowl. because, And I think this is part of the problem. So the event itself, okay, everybody watches it on TV, but some of those bigger events, you, which people used to go to, mm-hmm. gets to go now. I, I was just reading uh, one box suites over $2 million. Uh, well, we going to pull our money and go? No, tickets are ridiculous. And it's all corporate. And yeah, NFL, Major League Baseball is a little different. NHL is a little different, but right. NBA for sure. Yes, absolutely. And the NFL has gotten that with the signature event yeah. that they priced fans out. And with very few fan tickets, um, unless you're rather affluent. It's gone to corporate seating. Corporations buy a lot of these seats. And so I think the connectivity for a lot of people has changed from, okay, that event is great, but uh, I'm stuck watching it at home. I have no shot whatsoever to ever go to the game um, or an NBA final or the Super Bowl. But um, okay, I can live it on social media. Right. Yeah, vicariously. That's kind of where we've... So so the social media aspect in a lot of regards has gotten larger than the event itself. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, just... Social media used to be a tool. It used to be, okay, you pick up the social media stuff to promote the event. Well, the event's promoting social media now. Yes, exactly. Well, and it's an interesting thing, right? So if you think about like how Super Super Bowl commercials used to be a thing in which, you know, you wouldn't see them until the Super Bowl. But now for the past like five or six years, they've been rolling, you know, a week before on YouTube exclusively before the actual event, right? So now you can't even look forward. You actually have to watch the event to watch the commercial. Exactly. But now they've got free advertisement in many, many ways for a different demographic than would normally watch football, right? All eyes on Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Um, is it rigged that the Bigger Chiefs... the event, maybe? Is it rigged that the Chiefs are at the Super Bowl? No, they are a good team. That's truly the thing. This is not their first Super Bowl, you know, even okay, recently. So that conspiracy theory, the NFL has not become the WWE? I would like to say no, because if you think about, like, sportscasters and people that speculate on sports, if it was rigged, we would know about it. They would not shut up about it, you know? Uh, to to say that the uh, the National Football League is an organization that is organized, hilarious, impossible. <laughs> okay, so, but there's pieces around that, I think, where if you're one of those conspiracy theorists and tie in the social media to all of this, um, Taylor Swift. Yeah. 
She's got a brand new album coming out. She sure does. It's right around the corner. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, all choreographed in conjunction with the Super Bowl. Sure. Usher, who's really not an artist anymore. He is a producer and works behind the scenes more. When's the last time you've heard Usher? Uh, well, it's been a while. You know, it's... But he's got a new album coming out. Sure. In conjunction with... Is halftime performance. Well, that's that, and it's all over social media. So, yeah, that's the best way to promote your artist is if you know. So, if who's the NFL picking for the halftime show and this and this, I I'm a little remiss to think that there's not some buy-in behind the scenes of oh okay, uh, you're going to be a halftime show because you got an album coming out and it's all choreographed. That all of that's tied together. Maybe the game itself isn't right, but well, yeah all the stuff around it. And sure. It's all for the, the sake of social media, which has actually become bigger than the event in a lot of cases. Well, of course. I mean, to to throw your artist who hasn't put out like a really wildly successful record in, in like, you know, a decade and a half on the halftime show to promote a new album. You know, he's been doing touring for the past couple of years post-COVID uh, to get people excited about seeing Usher again, right? You know, he's always been kind of one of those guys in pop and hip-hop that is interesting to watch. He's got a good stage show. Um, but just to think about like, of course, that's what would happen. You know, you're promoting a new album that from an artist who, like I said, hasn't really put out anything noteworthy in, a, in quite a while. So, I mean, I don't know if that's so much a conspiracy theory as it is just good old fashioned marketing. And if, <laughs> okay. Um, but social media has become good old fashioned marketing. Well, exactly. Yeah. So these advertisers that used to be paying, you know, $3 million for a 15-second Super Bowl spot, all they have to do is spark uh, some sort of controversy online. That's free advertisement because everyone's talking about it. Then it's trending. And so they have had to do almost no legwork, right? Um, it's interesting too. So I was thinking about this recently. Are you familiar with the uh, the canned water brand Liquid Death? So that their whole marketing thing is that it's number one, it's in a can and it's recyclable. And number two, it's the shock value. They had to do almost no, like no sort of marketing. A lot of their marketing is just comments from people being like, this is disgusting. You're promoting such evil things. You know, that's free advertising, even if it's quote unquote negative press. So this whole thing with the Taylor Swift being jet set or whatever, you know, it's a uh, it's been a thing that's been talked about, but is resurfacing very recently. So her name is coming up a lot more. And since her fan base is still so dedicated to her in every sort of way, no, basically no matter what's going on, you know, it's, it's interesting. Okay. So you bring up a great point on the marketing side of stuff. And, and, you know, we're talking about how events maybe take a backseat to the social media aspect. Uh, Grammys. Uh, oh yeah. Recently. And the there was this big onus put on the sphere, which I should have Marlo talk about this because I just like hearing him try to say sphere. Um, but big onus put on the sphere. And then what happens? For a social media stunt, some guy free climbed the sphere. Yep. He was probably doing just fine, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But and award shows, you can take them or leave them. I, I prefer to leave them. Um, but what was the bigger story in social media? It was the guy that climbed the sphere. Right. The Grammys were, uh, yeah. Sure. But it, the guy that climbed the sphere. 
Yeah, that was the story. That was the the buzz for whatever that little window of, of cycle. Was. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what a what a strange thing to do, even if it's just like if that was guerrilla marketing for some sort of other thing. Weird. Super strange. I would like to see Marlo climb the sphere. I'll have to ask him about that. Okay, absolutely. I think he should. <laughs> just get him a couple of toilet plungers and a, you know. <laughs> Spider Marlo. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So... You know, it was funny. I, I saw this uh, little meme that popped up about Yeti and, and it was hilarious because they were talking about, okay, well, two guys spitballing or three guys spitballing in a room oh, yeah. at, at the conference table. You saw it too? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like, wow, you know, how are we going to compete with a $36 cooler with a cooler? It's, uh, it, well, we'll, we'll overprice it. It, it. But it was the shock and awe. Yes, of course. Like, oh, hey, Yeti. Yep. Yeah, I guess <laughs> there's a, but it became a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And where did Yeti start? And whether it's Yeti or some of the copycats like Arctic yeah, or some of the other ones, they all started at social media. Right. Exactly. They that, got a buzz. The resurgence. we've talked about this with Stanley, the resurgence yeah. with Stanley. Um, it's the social media buzz. That's true. So social media, whether it's on the marketing st- side of it or not, uh, because the marketing piece that goes around these big events. Right. The social media has gotten bigger than a lot of the events or a lot of the products or it, right. that's the buzz. It's not, oh, and by the way, buy my cooler. Right. Or, oh, and by the way, there's a game on. Right. You know, it's it's who's in the skybox. Yeah, what corporation is paying for them in the skybox instead of paying for the advertisements, you know? Well, and they've been doing that for a long time. Oh, yeah. Just, there's an avenue for it because, you know, you get that corporate skybox and... Okay, what celebrity who is a buzz right now? Right. We want in there seeing so that they're reporting that I was in the corporate so-and-such skybox. It's all connected now. And we're back. Don't miss a minute of the Tech Ranch as we explore the cutting edge of tech with Marlo and Steve. For more exclusive content, visit thetechranch.com. So new product out, and this is kind of crazy because I've seen some of the pictures of people using this and whether they're real or not which might be part of the marketing strategy. I don't know, because they were showing some kid on a bus with the Apple Vision Pro, and he's on this, he's on the subway. And uh, the, the commentator I was watching the piece on was like, doesn't he realize how dangerous it is a $3,500 piece of equipment is on the subway? Because you're oblivious to everything around you, except for what's in your virtual world. It was interesting, but what an incredible piece of equipment from a technology perspective. Chris, joining us on the Tech Ranch, um, this this is an interesting thing because I've heard some discussions on this both ways that, okay, how sad is it that all these tech people that are trying to recreate, instead of improving real reality, are working so diligently to improve and create a non-existent alternate reality where we're all going to be more isolated. Okay, that's the downside of it. Right. And when I would back you up a little bit and um, take issue a little bit, the Vision Pro is being marketed more as an augmented reality device as opposed to a virtual reality device. Like the Oculus um, that Meta has, it's opaque. Uh, You have to designate a safe zone that, around which you cannot leave if you're in the game so you don't bump into walls like apparently some woman or cabinets or cabinets <laughs> some woman did with her Oculus and ran right into her stove um, 
with the Ocul with the Vision Pro, you can actually see what's going on around you. So you're not shuttered in no. that. It's it's a it's a it's a translucent. So it's more of a. Uh, it's a heads up display. heads up display. Yeah, that's basically how it operates. You can actually force it, I think, to be um, completely blocked off in case, like, if you're watching a, a movie or something. But the one video I've seen is well, in, the, in promos, it sh it shows them looking out at different widgets or apps, and but they can still see their kids behind them, um, or it, it's smart enough to know. I think this has like twelve cameras on it. Mm -hmm. And so it's smart enough to know when somebody walks into the room and then it, if you have it opaque, it comes off like one of those smart windows. I, I saw an ad for it, then it, not a released ad yet. And I don't know if they will release this one, but it was this family sitting together watching a movie wearing these. Correct. I saw that one too. And, and okay, okay but that kind of eliminates the family portion of that. But you know what that is? That's just back to the future part two. Yes. Dad, Needles is on the phone. Um, the one in the video I did see for, it was a tech reviewer. I'm not sure what paper she writes for. She was preparing a meal. And she went through and then she starts um, one thing that needed to be timed on the stove. She starts a timer and she physically moves the timer over that pot. And then she goes back and starts prepping some other stuff on one side of the room. You can't see the timer anymore because it's over on the pot that's off to her left. Now she goes back and she starts the timer on a second pot, put a second timer on there. And so every time she looks back over the stove, she has this hovering ghosted timer on it. It says, here's how much time's left on this device or that device. It's like, well, that's fantastic because right now I have to use my oven and my microwave and my phone. I mean, if I want to do, if I want to time different, I'm out of timers. That's right. And then I need the microwave for something. I'm like, oh, no, I can't use that timer. But I have a recipe app um, that I store all my recipes on. Um, and I'd love to have that in a virtual sort of environment where, where it's uh, integrated. Yeah. Not only could I have it up there while I'm cooking, so I'm not looking at my phone all the time. Um, one link to, to Admiral Lagasse or some other kind of prep video where it's like, okay, this is how it works. And then I'm following along. Or now, if you're a good cook, you're sampling while you go to make sure it tastes right. 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 Um, I wonder how that works. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to figure that and, out. And for me, um, yeah, I am known to um, be dangerous in the kitchen with a knife. <laughs> um, I've lost the tip of many fingers. Um, and uh, yeah, guacamole. Is the one thing that I'm allowed allowed to make without a supervision, uh, because every time I cut an avocado, somehow I do cut myself. Really? Um, so there has you to know, be, there has to be adult there supervision. There is a tool for that. There's actually multiple tools for guacamole. For you know, I have one. I have an avocado um, knife, which is kind of concave and gets underneath the skin. Right. And pull the whole thing out, but. And they have a slicer too. Once you really? get it separated, it, it's kind of like the hard-boiled egg slicer. One of those. Wire, yeah, it, yeah, but it's shaped like an avocado. For somebody once gave me a um, a mango s scoop, and it was a hollow um, cylinder, like a plastic O on a handle, and you just want that to get it out of the skin. It's like, well, that's just for somebody that doesn't know how to do it. Oh, that's why they gave it to you. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a fan of mangoes. <laughs> 
Okay, so but back to the Vision Pro. I mean, Apple Vision Pro. So walk us through this technology because um, a lot of buzz about this being game changing. And, and where I see this is think of the um, the surgeon performing a surgery mm -hmm. or somebody who's working on your car and you need to thumb through to the remember the old Chilton's books? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, okay, how does this go back together? You know, that aspect. I, I'm looking at the augmented, the the addition to the human experience. So uh, where the technology comes, because this thing is crazy. Like you mentioned, 12 cameras and there's a lot of stuff it can do. Yeah, I think that, you know, not just for gaming anymore. This is right. And I go back to, to the Oculus. There, you have these handheld controllers that um, communicate with the device so you can move things around. Whereas like a Wii. Right. But with the Vision Pro, it's you just use your hands. It's got this spatial, it's like very um, minority report, you know, the Tom Cruise movie oh, where yeah. they're flipping things around and flying things all over. And you look at some of those um, Hawaii Five O, NCIS. Iron Man, hello. And they have all these weird these machines that don't exist that can, oh, I'm going to take this picture here and of the suspect and throw it up on the screen over there. And it's like, yeah, Apple Vision Pro has done it. Well, it's coming. I mean, yeah. you know it's going to be there. Mm -hmm. If somebody can think it up on a television show or a movie or science fiction, um, brings up the question I always ask. It's like chicken and the egg. It's mm -hmm. like, did that piece of technology come about because of somebody thought it up in a, in a movie or a book, or a film, or was there some piece of that technology that spurred that idea for somebody to come up with that in that piece of art? Yeah, it looks like you can also um, record 3D photos and video. Um, you have a 360-degree screen, basically, because you can walk around and you can position things in your environment wherever you want them. Um, to make you even cooler, as wearing these ski goggles, the battery pack is... You can get a battery pack to attach to your hip. So you're just walking around with the... I saw cord. that. Yep. Think about that one that comes that little uh, nuclear battery. Yeah. Because it's like two hours, forever. two hours of battery life on the device. And then you get you can get a, a battery pack that's another two and a half hours. Just going through here, Mac rumors and seeing... Well, and some of the things I've seen with it, because when they were running through... Um, Kind of the, okay, here are some of the different things you can do with this. And, and it was the application side. And, you know, I mentioned the kid on the subway, which mm. will bring up those dangers. Um, but they were putting different people in different scenarios and how you use it. You know, one's a doctor, one's a dentist, and one is a musician. And one is um, that kid that was multitasking his homework on his way to school. And, right. Uh, they were dropping in these different applications. What are some of the applications? Where where do you see the uses for this? Because like, like I said, first place I went, medicine. Okay, you got the surgeon who's working there. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're, we're reconnecting Spock's brain at the moment. And uh, McCoy's starting to forget from the mind transfer machine that taught him how to do that. So, hey, throw on the device. It'll walk me through the entire process. Right. I th and I think, you know, doctors have... Similar stuff to that deal when you're doing laparoscopic surgery, where right. you're looking at a screen. Well, and the robotic stuff. The robotic stuff. Yeah, yeah. This I think would be a very it could be very um, applicable, um, particularly if you're trying. Although I don't want to be on the table and have the battery die. This is true. Yeah, that'd be it's bad. Like, 
you go you go in for brain surgery and it's like, hold on, I need to look up a video on this one. <laughs> Your surgeon's watching the YouTube channel on it's like <laughs> in the old what you watch this like it's a how-to video. <laughs> yeah. Brain surgery for dummies. So, hey. Crazier things have been done. Yeah. But but Okay. Uh, okay. I, the cooking. Then you become DIY. That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's the cooking application. I mean, there's getting these high def 4K movies. You don't have a 4K um, smart TV. But well, you, you know, there's 5K TVs, yeah, but there's no programming for them. Right. That's the, but the you, money thing is people, it's like, oh, I got to spend all this money for this brand new technology. But there's no programming for that technology, so you don't get to watch that. Right. But you can get all the four good marketing, four K stuff off of um, Apple Apple TV, and you can watch all that on this device. Um, I I don't know exactly where it would go. I mean, it's it's an augmented reality device, so whatever you can possibly think of could, in theory, be done. Um, Pokemon Go, the the game that all the kids are playing, and even me, um, that's that's augmented reality as well, where you're out in the environment, and these little virtual creatures pop up, and you can catch them and put a headset on, um, and then you you don't have to have it your phone in your pocket, you don't have to have your phone out doing it. You can just catch them right there in your line of sight. So this brings up a great question where we're at with technology because if you think about it in the past there was very few things that hey we invented this technology and now we got to figure out a use for it mm -hmm. you know usually it's like there's a need there's a use for something so let's invent the tool or technology that is going to fill that void we're not seeing that in a lot of technology right now technology is moving so fast um, like the Apple Vision Pro mm -hmm. that, okay, well, you invented this great piece of technology, but what's it for? Well, we're going to work on that next. Well, let me, let's, let's back up. Um, you have 15 some odd years. What the heck's the iPhone for? A phone without a keyboard? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, if you watch the Blackberry movie, it's like, no keyboard. How dare they? And it's like, Apps? What are those? Yeah. I mean, I don't know who said it at Apple. It might have been Steve Jobs. So I could just be making stuff up, but oh, uh, I need to know. I kind of like the Yeti, uh, the Yeti board table mm -hmm. in the boardroom. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to come up with this phone with, no, it's not going to have a keyboard. Um, okay, but how do we put applications on there? Somebody else will take care of that. We're coming up with this. Yeah. And, and the apps will follow. Mm -hmm. Leave that. Don't overthink your your job here. Right. Coming up with the device that somebody else will come up with the apps. We we need to put very few things on there because let's somebody else think of that. Mm -hmm. Kind of it. Yeah. The iPad came out. Nobody knew what to do about that. Yeah. What's that? And it, initially it was just big coaster iPhone apps that you could blow up to a larger size. Yeah. And then suddenly all these iPad specific apps. Show People up. like you and me that can't read our phones. That's right. Yeah. And, but they weren't, they, they weren't iPad specific apps, not at the time. No. And now you, you have iPad specific apps and I even have one app that I use. Uh, it's a word processor text app that I do all my note taking there and it's, it's on my phone, it's on my iPad and it's on my Mac. 
and it's constantly being synced. Yeah. So I always, they're all synced. My notes are always there. So you have multiple workstations and talk about this all the time. It's like, you know, you think about the number of people that have a, a, a device mm -hmm. globally. Yeah. But it's not one device. It's not a device per person globally. It's, um, somebody has many devices, mm -hmm. you know, you just mentioned three. You probably have more than that. You, if you include your smart TV, there's another one. Right. Because I'm sure you've got apps on your your smart TV, whether you use them or not. Mm -hmm. So how many devices do you have? Now you have the ability to work remotely, work at home, work at your desk, work. You could work anywhere because you're going to have one of those devices with you at all times. Absolutely. And I think you know, this, we talk about future usage Apple has this thing called handoff and you can actually swap what you're doing freely between all your Apple devices. Really? Mm -hmm. So it's like sync on steroids? Basically. I have a, I have a, I copy something on my phone. I can paste it on my iPad and my Mac. Boom. And now you throw in Apple Vision Pro on top of that and you could actually look at all those sync devices at the same time and one place in real time. Thanks for staying with us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. So the Apple Vision Pro with the ability to basically a heads-up display, mm -hmm. augmented reality side of things. Um, and you can integrate. So if you have three devices, so you've got your iPhone, this is all i-specific, mm -hmm. Apple-specific, iPhone, iPad, and your MacBook. Mm -hmm. And you can do different things on all of them at the same time through the Apple Vision Pro, correct? Yeah, I believe you can. In theory, mm -hmm. you can connect your Vision Pro to your laptop, basically, and take your laptop. Because right now, if you've got the Apple devices, you can sync them so they're all you're working on all of them. right yeah it doesn't matter which one you're on it's seamless you pick up your start something on your phone and you're like okay set it down i need something else like you go on your ipad and you can pick right up where you left off right yeah if i'm doing a paper for my master's degree and i have a website that i pulled up on my phone while i was sitting on the couch it's like well now i gotta go to the computer yeah it's the print's too small i need to read yep. it so there's a little icon on the left, lower left that says, open your your phone browser. Boom. And I get all my... Wow, that's cool. Um, you get your airdrop. You can send stuff all the left Can't and right. until Android gets that. Um, yeah. It um, kind of goes back to that um, early on scare tactic that was going around saying, watch out for your kids' phone because this new... Um, was it near device locality? They can take all your kids is contact information well it's a little bit more complex yet you have to physically agree to share information across devices so if i'm in my own little bubble at home i don't have to worry about anybody else getting access to it because i'm the one instigating it all and i know what i'm doing um the random guy walking down the street's not going to be able to yeah and you're not letting the random guy walking down the street into your house right hopefully. absolutely <laughs> So, okay, so, but, but that brings up some interesting security stuff because Apple's got some different security out there now. Right. You, um, one thing with the Apple Vision Pro is that, and I don't know enough about this other than the stories, that some people are forgetting the passwords or the pins that they set up when they set up their device, but they can't figure out how to reset the password because there's no easy way to do it on 
the device itself. Because the device is locked. Yeah. And it's like, so, oh, you got to come in to the Apple store and we'll erase it and reset everything for you. Well, that's so, incredibly inconvenient. It is. And particularly the whole erase it feature. Now, I can understand if it's that feature being there because I have some. Well, part of it's app-based though, right? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure because there is. Because I, I would think you would have an Apple Vision Pro app that you, on your phone or on your computer. Well, there's an Apple support app. Right. That, that you can do a lot of stuff with. Yeah, you should be able to read. I forget my password. I go in here and go into here. Um, but then I have a situation where some people have brought in iPads to recycle. And we're going to refurbish them. But they're still logged into their iTunes. You cannot erase these things no matter how hard you try. Because we don't have the original password. Really? Yep. And at, at, so at some point, you actually have to go to Apple and prove who you are before they'll even remotely consider changing it. Because it's basically, we don't know how to get you into your stuff. So you're an iPhone guy. So yeah. that brings up an interesting point because with the iTunes account, because I would think that most people just, they have the iTunes account, which mm -hmm. is kind of the fear for the devices. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have... A, one password for all the same devices because you're logging into the iTunes store, not the device specifically. So right, well, you log into the device, and then the the store is there afterwards. And you can set it up to require a password every time. It's been a while. Um, I use Face ID for everything, um, just because it's easier than remembering my password, and it adds an extra layer of security because only my face can open the phone. Um, so if nobody else knows my password, I'm the only one that can open my phone. And so there's supposed to be like an eye verification thing going on, like a retina scan going on with these vision pros. I don't know enough about it. I, I'm assuming that a workaround will show up because I can reset the passwords for my iTunes account and my phones. As long as I have access to another device, if I, if I don't have access to my account on the computer or an iPad or a watch and my phone is locked and I can't get into it. I can't get into it for you. You're screwed. Yeah. So I like that safety feature. But then again, if something happens, it's like you're locked out. So you always have to have a, another trusted device. I think Google does it as well. I had somebody come in and they couldn't get into their um, Google account on their laptop. And it's like, well, according to this, it's tied to, whatever this phone is. Well, I don't have that phone anymore. Well, that's your recovery phone. And, and so, you didn't go in and change what your recovery method was. Right. So you have to use that phone to get, regain access to your account. It's like, well, what can you do for me? It's like, I can erase your computer um, or you can call Google because <laughs> that's not on your computer. That's Google. Um, yeah. I even had one person come in and I was setting up a new account for her because she needed an account set up. That's okay. It needs a birthday. It's why well, I don't use my real birthday. Um, here's the fake one I use. It's like, you need to give me your real birthday. Why? I don't want them to have that. I'm not that old. It's like, it's not, it's not about ageism. It's not about that. If you don't give me your real birthday and you're locked out, you'll never, you'll never get back in because you gave me fake information and Apple will have fake information that cannot verify your identity. Never use a fake birthday, period. Because they're cross, so a lot of the security now, which is a little bit more encompassing, and it's getting into the facial recognition mm -hmm. software and all that stuff, but they're pulling from a, a larger database 
to verify who you are. Absolutely. Whether it's your DMV records or, you know, that birthday, you know, right up to and probably including your social security number. Mm -hmm. I mean, the information's out there. Yeah, there's a new um, secure feature um, in one of the new iOS systems, a trusted location where if you're at home or at work and the phone device knows that that's where you're trusted, it's going to assume that it's you with the phone trying to get into it. And so you can get into it easy peasy. But if you're not at one of those trusted locations, locations. Um, you have to go through a couple of different steps. So if I'm at Starbucks and um, Kyle, when my credit card company says, hey, um, did you mean to buy this in Peoria? It's like, well, I'm in Peoria right now. It's like, or I'm not in Peoria. They had that secure thing. I remember that. Um, backtracking a little bit. So yeah, you have to use your facial face ID to get in. And then you have to wait like maybe another hour to get in again if, if you have it that locked down. And my wife was like, hey, let's look into maybe doing this. It's like, you're going to have to get rid of your passcode and use face ID exclusively. She's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to do mm-hmm. that. So I think, I like face ID. Um, I was trying to get into my son's medical account the other day and she's like, the password's not working. It's like, well, I must have changed it. Well, what is it? I don't know. I use face ID. Well, then I'm not getting in there. But I do have the password stored somewhere. Um, but it's just, I don't type it in all the time. Uh, so going back to the Apple Vision Pro and it, incredibly integrative with the other systems that Apple provides. So yeah, right now, from a technology perspective, I'm thinking, wow, this is innovative. Um, but what I've been catching myself doing lately is like, wow, that's innovative. And then six weeks later... Well, that was boring. Next. Correct. Apple um, Vision Pro, it, it, is, is it going to be around for a while? Who knows? I'm going to go back to the uh, Google Glass, and we'll just end with yeah. that. It's like, what happened to Google Glass? Everyone thought, oh, this will be great. It's a coaster somewhere around, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't last long either. That, no. that was the other thing. Technology moves so fast that either it catches right away or it doesn't get time to not catch. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Welcome to February 3rd on the National Day calendar. Today, we're savoring a dessert that sneaks in some veggies and remembering a tragic event in music history. Carrot cake, a sweet treat that incorporates the vibrant hue and subtle sweetness of carrots, traces its origins back to medieval carrot puddings. Nowadays, it's a popular dessert choice, often layered and slathered with cream cheese frosting. On National Carrot Cake Day, we honor this creative culinary invention that gives us a little nutritional boost with our indulgence. I love carrot cake. Extra cream cheese frosting for me, please. I'm really curious about the medieval carrot pudding thing, though, where it came from. That sounds really interesting, too.
I'm really interested in how it's nutritional at all. For like, <laughs> Where is the nutrition in this? Little nutritional boost. I'm assuming it's just referring to other cakes, right? Just so you understand <laughs> the line here. From the sweet delight of carrot cake, we travel back to a somber moment in music history. February 3rd, 1959 is often referred to as the day the music died. This is the day when talented rock and roll musicians Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the big bopper J.P. Richardson lost their lives in a plane crash in Iowa. Their loss had a profound impact on the music industry and is a tragic reminder of the fleeting nature of life. Chantilly lace and a pretty face and a ponytail. Peggy Sue, Peggy Sue, oh how my Okay, what is your all-time favorite song? Well, of these three, I mean, I loved all three of them, but Richie Valens, uh, Odonna, and uh, um, let's see, La Bamba was another one, ah. right? So, yeah. Are you going to sing it? No. <laughs> We're honoring these individuals today. Remember that. I'm LaToya Johnson. I'm Marlo Anderson. Thank you for joining us on our journey to celebrate every day on Destination Celebration. Until next time, keep celebrating. Fiala, Fiala works it down the right side, played in by Erickson. Elbow to the bench for the extra attacker. A minute to play here in the hockey game. Little centering pass in front. Bouncing puck, they score! Lucarello knocked it ahead. Kaprizov was there. We'll see who gets credit. But with 57.7 seconds to go, the Wild have come up off the deck and tied the hockey game high five. Minnesota Wild Hockey on Super Talk 1270. XX AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. ABC News, I'm Mark Remillard. Sources tell ABC News President Biden is fuming over the special counsel's report regarding his handling of classified records. That report raising new questions about his mental acuity. The White House criticizing the special counsel for editorializing about Biden's memory. Former President Trump addressing the NRA's Great American Outdoors show in Harrisburg's, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Friday. No one will lay a finger on your firearms. It's not going to happen. It comes ahead of the Republican South Carolina primary on February 24th. Growing concerns about the humanitarian crisis in Gaza that it could get worse soon. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has told his military to prepare a plan to evacuate civilians from Rafah ahead of an expected ground invasion. Hundreds of thousands of Palestinians fled to Rafah early in the war, and it's not clear where else they can go. A bipartisan group of U.S. lawmakers meeting with Ukrainian President Zelensky in Kiev on Friday. This is ABC News. Authorities in Florida say two people are dead after a private jet crashed into traffic on a busy Florida high interstate on Friday. The pilots reported they lost both engines while attempting to land at Naples Airport. It took the top of that truck. The jet, a Bombardier Challenger 600, slamming into the southbound lanes of I-75 and colliding with a vehicle, leaving behind fiery debris. The barrier wall had a hole in it, was charred from, from fire and smoke. Joe Robinson watching in horror. As I passed by the crash, I could feel the heat from it. The crash causing major traffic delays, authorities shutting down a stretch of I-75 
as the investigation gets underway. ABC's Victor Okendo. Authorities say three people escaped with their lives. Legislation underpinning a plan to relocate the NBA's Washington Wizards and the NHL's Washington Capitals to Northern Virginia has easily cleared the Virginia House Appropriations Committee, advancing the measure to the House of Delegates. I'm Mark Remillard, ABC News. Give the star in your life the brightest gift in the world. Name a star after them. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit starregistry.com, you can name a star for birthdays, weddings, or even memorials. Over 45 years, we have named millions of stars for celebrities and individuals from around the world. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit starregistry.com or call 800-282-3333. $3,000 to fix my transmission? $5,000 to replace the engine? You can't avoid breakdowns, but with Coverage X, no more ridiculous repair bills. Transmission, engine, electronics, Coverage X's vehicle protection plan has you covered with budget-friendly, flexible, month-to-month plans. Call 800-875-9695 or CoverageX.com. With Coverage X, unavoidable, unaffordable car repair bills are covered. Visit CoverageX.com or 800-875-9695. 800-875-9695. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, mostly cloudy, a high near 30. Northwest winds at about 15 to 20 miles per hour. Partly cloudy tonight, mid-teens. Mostly sunny and breezy for your Sunday, a high near 38. Slight chance of light snow Sunday night, a low near 22. Monday, light snow and 36. If you're looking for a new place to live, stay, work, or play, check out Worthington, Minnesota. It's worth a look. Right now, it's 28. Hey everyone, this is Robert Carey from America's number one travel radio show inviting you to join Mary and me and Rudy every Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel, talk with the newsmakers, share compelling experiences, and explore the world together during the fastest two hours in travel. It's in our DNA to travel. The world of travel is so entwined in our daily lives. It's an economic engine, and that's why we do everything we can to bring you a diverse show that's different than anything you'll see here or find anywhere else. So join us on RM World Travel or engage us anytime at rmworldtravel.com. The best weekend talk lineup is on Super Talk 1270. Check out the program schedule at supertalk1270.com and on the free Super Talk 1270 app. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. Hello, Steve. Hello, Marlo. What a crazy week this has been. You've had a busy week. <laughs> Just a lot of national day calendar, a lot of destination celebration, yeah. a lot of lot of lot of still launch yesterday. Stop. Congratulations by the way. And all the work that goes into that. I cannot get over. I mean, I thought putting the show together was work. <laughs> yeah, I noticed you're down to two hairs. This <laughs> this launch <laughs> stuff, you know, as far as uh uh and I and I I, I guess I kind of get this now, you know, like when there's a new movie that comes out or a TV show or whatever, and they have the the uh, talent that's in the show march around to the late night talk shows. Not that I'm doing that. Well, and, not and, yet, in a lot of cases, they're doing more work the pre-release yes. 
than they did during the film. Yeah, and I, I can see that because I I can't get over. I mean, these days have been just insane. Uh, and we still don't have even it launched yesterday and we're still we still don't have the stuff done that we were supposed to do yesterday done yet. So it's crazy. But well, you're busy this weekend. I yeah. guess so. Um, just to set the record straight before, you know, anybody asks, because I, I, I want to assure people that you are not the one that free climbed the sphere in Las Vegas. That's correct. OK, I just wanted to set the record straight on that. That was not you. The person that was that did this, they were clothed, right? Yes, yes, they were okay. clothed. So, no, I've no <laughs> social media stunt. Typically, things like remember the Ferris wheel incident down yeah. there a few years ago. Well, I think it was the same guy that climbed the Sear Tower. He oh, climbs all this. Oh, that's cool. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And the sphere apparently hadn't been climbed uh, yet. Yeah, so, that uh, had to be quite the endeavor, I, actually. Well, there's a lot of people there over. Because it was around the Grammys, and the Grammys had all this concert stuff, yeah. and as part, you know, they had the sphere worked into that, and this guy went and free climbed the sphere. That had to be quite the because it's not like it's a straight up building. I mean, it's it's circular, right? So you're yeah. you're kind of upside down on the bottom side, and I don't. I mean, I've been up and close to that thing. I don't know where a person gets a, a yeah, hold the handhold. Yeah, because you see, you know, if you think about people that free climb mountains. And you see them hanging upside down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a little ledge right there or whatever, you know. And they're so, holding on from the bottom of yeah, it. Yeah. Like, there's none of that there at all. What do you, I wonder if he had suction cups. Oh, that's interesting. I was thinking cabling because they might have a cable or two running down from the top for like a safety harness for, you know, people who work on it. <laughs> so I was thinking that, but. Do you have window washers for the sphere? That's a really long telescoping screen. That, that I'm not sure about. Well, but, no, you think about buildings, though, that, and they build the window washing. As, it's part of the infrastructure for the building. When I was actually at the last place I was at in Las Vegas, I was actually looking at that. They were actually out there. Uh, they were not They were painting. And I'm like, wow, I wonder, do they actually? And then I'm looking up, and I'm like, oh, they got these things that are yeah. there. They're just yeah, there. Kind of a long gondola yeah. thing that, yeah, goes down the side of a building for yeah. window washing and all yeah. that. It's like, they build that into the building. It's like, how do you clean the sphere? I got thinking about that. How do you clean the sphere? Because now this guy's got, like, fingerprints all of well, well they, cup prints. And they're LED panels, right? Yeah. So you know that some of them are going to fail. In fact, I've already seen a few of them fail. So yeah. they have to go fix that somehow or another. There might be an internal way because it's actually, have you looked at this thing close? Not from the inside. It's two spheres. Oh, it's a sphere and a sphere. That's correct. There's the one on the inside and then there's a little space and then there's another one. And and during the day when the sun hits it just right, you can you can actually see through it. There's a translucence. No. So you know what? I can see how this guy climbed it. And when you get close to it, there's actually space in between the, the LEDs. They're not actually panels. They're just LED. LEDs. And when the sun goes through it, you can see through it. It's like a webbing is what it is. But because they're so close together and then or close enough together and from a distance, it doesn't look like it's, it looks like it's one big thing, but it's actually a web, a steel web that goes over the, and there's two of them. There's one on the inside and that's the one I would imagine have the LEDs that go on the inside and one on the outside and you could see right that through it. That makes all the sense in the world now. It was climbed by Spider Marlow. That's correct. <laughs> it was you. <laughs>
little I suction cups off. Shouldn't be letting out my secrets, <laughs> though, right? You know? Yeah. With my one bad shoulder and everything. Oh, yeah. How's that doing, buddy? Oh, it's just lovely. <laughs> I, think another, I think I got another five months of this, too. Post-production. Yeah. Oh. You were... Uh, so... Yeah, a guy climbed the sphere. I was like, I did tell you that story, right? Which I know we're not going to get into tech at all about the January episodes. You know, I, I filmed this thing for Morning Talk style or Morning Talk shows across the country, right? Right. And uh, so it's about a one minute piece, and and uh, that ice storm that we had at the very during Christmas time uh, in December, we had that major ice storm through mm-hmm. here, right? And I fell and I hurt my shoulder. That was the day. I had nothing left in the can. Now, if you're in the industry, and I don't consider myself in this industry, but I seem to be more and more all the time. You're getting sucked in. And uh, um, when you say nothing in the can, that means there's nothing recorded. There's nothing left, right? Usually, you know, like a po- like a, a radio show too. I mean, like Latoya and I will will record that a few days in advance before it goes out, right? right? And, well, uh, it's just because you don't know what's going to come up, and technology sometimes fails, and you want you want a backup. Can't always be live. Yeah, you can't. All no, these are not live. live pieces. I mean, I do that with my talk show. So it, I've got some pieces that okay, if something goes down and uh, I don't have the ability to have somebody on the phone, or I don't have the ability to have somebody, or somebody can't make it into the studio, I've got a backup. It's always a back because I hate listening to myself talk. If so. You- <laughs> and if you've ever watched Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which I know you have. I love that movie. And uh, they go and they record. Remember that they're singing, you know, the guy at the end as you're leaving, they'll pay you, they'll pay you ten dollars to sing into the can, you know, type of thing. Yeah. So um that's what that is. It's a, just a very, very old reference. So I had nothing left, right? So I go in there and I know my shoulder is hurt. I just know it's hurt. And because I'm putting my jacket on. I have this, you know, I, I wear the same jacket and shirt. Uh, so it looks, you know, like it's supposed to. You do and wash. Consistent. Yes. I go pick them up from the dry cleaner and go up there, right? You um, have more than one shirt. I've heard that. I might need to do that. But anyway, <laughs> but it's amazing. After after a session of filming, I have to take them back to the dry cleaner. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how I, I take that off and I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, it's hot. Hot under the light. Well, that's why, that's why studios are, they've got the air conditioning cranked up. All the time. It's cold yeah. in the studio. Like yeah. if, if people that go to game shows or talk shows or on TV for filming in yeah. the live studio audience, and they'll tell you, dress warm. Yeah. You know, d- don't wear, if you're in California and you're going to be on The Price is Right, you know, don't wear shorts. Right. You know, don't wear it's your cold in there. It's cold in there. But that's because everybody's up on the stage. Yeah. It's crazy warm for them, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, so anyway, that whole month, that I recorded was with a dislocated shoulder. I stood in front of that camera that entire time with, with one with arm, a dislocated shoulder, and I and I remember the first the first couple of takes for January first. I'm doing this, and I'm like, man, I I can't get my breath. You know, I get about halfway through what's on the teleprompter, and I'm having a hard time breathing. Edit. So I get myself through it, and then I'm like, "Ah, oh, man!" I mean, and so and and I know that this is going on because I can I can hear it. I mean, I can hear myself breathing, and uh, so just like there. And anyway, the uh, yeah. So I think we did like I don't know four, five, six takes of that. Not even fun. And I'm and I'm really 
I'm really going through this, and 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 another term that we use. Or at least I laughed, but you were suffering. I was somebody that had some lot shoulder problems their entire life. It, I said, it, no, it's hilarious. What you're and, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, finally got a cadence down, but it took like four or five or six takes. And there's another thing that we use a lot is one take Johnny's, right? So mm-hmm. when you when you go in, and unfortunately, I don't usually have time to practice when I go in there. So I, I go in, I go into the studio cold, meaning that I've never read the scripts that I'm about ready to see. So some people can do that, and some can't. I, I one time could not do that. Yeah. But after a few years now, I go in there and I'd say about half of what I do. But there's a cadence. There is a cadence. There's a rhythm you get. And it, it's more about the rhythm you get into reading and, and, and getting the timing right on the teleprompter. Well, then that, that's the whole thing. It's it's like the whole team, right? The team knows my cadence now. So the teleprompter moves along as I do. And it's like they know like when I'm going to slow up a little bit and emphasize something. They seem to understand that now or whatever. Uh, when I get a new person in there, a lot of times, the other issue I have is that because I'm a little taller than the average person, I can't see the top of the teleprompter because I'm looking down into it, Ooh. right? So if you get a new person in there, they'll advance it a little too far or too far. And all of a sudden I'm I'm like, you'll see me sometimes making ducking things up. I'm not ducking, <laughs> but I'm like making things up or like, you know, like, what did that line actually say? Was it the end of the thing or whatever? So it's kind of funny. But anyway, that whole month of January, and I actually looked at a couple of them, and I could tell, like, in the, the second, the third, fourth, I could really see that I was obviously challenged a little bit. But as it went on, I don't know if the adrenaline kicked in or what the deal was, but it seemed to have gotten better. So, well, because well, I noticed in those, you're just, you're awfully, your arm's just hanging. You're they just hang. Kinda, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you're, you're not as animated as you usually as I normally am, and it's taken a lot for me. We, to we, not. Which, on a side note, um, do you know why Napoleon Bonaparte always had his hand in his shirt? Because you could have done that. You could have just tucked your arm in your shirt. I don't know. Peptic ulcer. Really? Yeah. That's why he, he was always in pain. So he always had his hand in his shirt. So Napoleon yeah. Bonaparte, that you always see with his hand in his tunic. Yes. So you could have just stuck your could've hand in your that. tunic. Yeah. I was thinking about get him up in there. Was thinking about you know the sling thing. Maybe I should have just wore sling and you mm-hmm. know. But then everybody's like, "What? No, you know, you. Yeah. Well, and, and, I get that enough already. So. And as you get into television programming and things go into reruns, okay, well then that's be correct. Careful, you don't want to timestamp on something. Which is why the clothing's always the same. The yeah. hair is always the same. I have never spent, two now instead of three. So. I've never spent so much money on a couple hair strands of my entire life <laughs> just to keep them consistent looking, which is crazy. Well, if you think about it, actors, it's like, okay, they get their hair cut multiple times a week yeah. if, if they're filming. Yes. Because you want everything the same. Yes. Yep. So it's really interesting. I guess we uh, haven't talked anything about tech yet. Well, we talked a little bit about your show, which is kind of yeah. geeky-ish. So check it out, DestinationCelebrationShow.com. You can go check check it out. Go to YouTube, go to National Day Calendar, all kinds of places to see it. Thanks for staying with us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. Well, my favorite AI just got better. You have more than one? Of course, I have, well, if you have a lot. favorite. I, then you I'm have not, multiples. Not even sure how why you would ask me that. Well, I AI's AI, right? Well, I keep trying all the others. Okay, you know, and and I I will say so. ChatGPT is my favorite, uh, but uh, but that was the first one you were first in. one. So there's a familiarity factor. Yeah, and I've tried the others. I mean, I've, I I use Bard occasionally. I think Bard is a little more conversational. 
you know, and Bard is Google's AI. And hi, Bard. I think the war doing? is going to be really between Bard and ChatGPT. Okay, so I, I do Google and Google and Microsoft. Yeah, basically, you know. Uh, although I'm not even sure or Apple. Well, they're they're jumping into the game. I know they are. And it, those are the big three. three. Yeah, those are the big. But three. they're they're kind of a latecomer to it now. Yeah, you but, know, but, but they've you know the Apple Vision Pros. Yeah, yeah. They've kind of been going down a different road. They have just you know with the augmented reality and the virtual reality yep. and instead of the AI reality because I'm going to call AI a reality. Okay. Because I don't think I'm wrong in that. Sure. It's the AI reality. Yeah. It's really interesting what's going on. Well, let's get back to ChatGPT for a second, and then we can get to the other things. We're favorite. Um, segment of the program. And you're the one that you you're the one that just brought this up. The, not uh, Yarbo this time. Oh, no, uh, not Yarbo. Speaking of which, so we need to get a, we really need to get a hold of them now. Get a Yarbo. The, you just brought this up, the GPT store. Yeah. So this is interesting. And so how does that work? Because I, I, I'm thinking, okay, chat GPT, and I've been on it a little bit, and it's like, okay, it's artificial intelligence, but why do you need a store? So it, it is interesting, right? I, I've, I've always thought that myself. Why aren't they just integrated? And they do integrate some things now. So if you were to upload an image, for example, if you if you pay for chat GPT and you have version 4 or whatever the latest build is now, I guess it's version 4 build whatever, right? And you uh, upload an image. It'll actually look at the image and say, hey, that's Marlo and Steve sitting in front of their microphones. and Or they'll say it's a couple of radio talents or whatever it is, right? It'll analyze the photo and do that. That's something that it didn't do two months ago. So they keep adding these features that are kind of built in. But what the GPT store does is take that to the next level. So if you want it to read, you know, if I were to upload a in that file area like a hundred page pdf it would spit it back and say i'm I'm sorry marlo i can't read a hundred pages of of a pdf but there are gpts that other people have developed that somehow or another now if you install that if you go and click on it in the chat gpt store and allow that to, to uh, be part of that window uh, then it will work. So is it more of a sharing service? Except there's a price tag to it. I, this is, so you're renting somebody I, else's idea? I think this is, yes, a little of all of that, right? I mean, people have ideas. They've built their own GPTs. Hey, it'd be really if, cool if it did this. If you think of it like an Ift or a Zapier, and Zapier, I think, integrates into it now too. Uh, so if you do this, then it'll do that type of thing, right? That's what Zapier and Ift do. So you can use AI to run stuff and integrate with stuff. And, and these GPTs actually, so if you wanted to, for example, um, and I'm just, there's probably something out there for this already, but if you wanted to automatically, um, every document that you upload into a Google folder, for example, on your Google drive, uh, you want uh, chat GPT to analyze it and correct any mistakes or whatever, then there would be a GPT that you'd install with Zapier that then would pull it over and it would do this automatically in the background, right? As, as an example, right? If you, um, what the heck did I do the other night? And I used, oh, um, there's all kinds of, uh, I should say all kinds. There's probably about a dozen right now AI GPTs or for chat GPT that will help you build apps. 
So I started playing with one actually just last night. That's what it was, uh, a new one. And I think that these, so what they do is they integrate. So it says it's a service. Because where this started with Chet, you had to ask it very specifically the right questions. Well, you, you still have to do that. It's called prompting and you have right. to do that all the time. But now we're getting to the point where it's like, okay, I don't have to reinvent the wheel every time because somebody else already came up with that. So I'm going to build off of what somebody else did that more. Uh, that yeah. Yeah. Story. Yeah. So this is, you're, you're just bringing up exactly where I was going to. It's kind of, kind of great that you did that. So how we do that. So I was, I asked it, I ask, I bring out, I brought in cause I was playing around with maybe how do I build this out? And it can do web apps or or uh, mobile apps or websites, this particular GPT. So I asked it a question and it came back and said, it can't do that. Would you like to try it again? Yes, I would. And, and I'm, I'm actually talking into chat GPT. I talk to it a lot now because it, it talks back, answers me politely and usually mostly correctly. Better than your kids. Unlike you. And uh, <laughs> by the way, you're going to love this. Yeah, you and I just go off and squirrel. Uh, Steve.ai. Steve.ai. There's an AI that uses your name. They didn't ask me. I'm just saying. Steve.ai. Steve.ai. You want to check it out? Actually, it actually converts text to video or websites to video, URLs to video. So it'll go and it'll go and, and, um, you know, go spider your website or whatever, spider your blog. Um, and then it'll create a video from it. I, I uploaded a little script of mine in there and it actually did a okay job. My favorite Steve is actually the great white shark memes. Oh yes. Yeah. Those are great Steve. too. So anyway, uh, back to the building of the app. So it couldn't do it. And then, it, then it said, um, you might be asking it too difficult a question to create what you want to create. What you need to do is go boom, 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 and do this and ask specific, more specific, less, you know, questions and then build them on top of each other. This is what ChatGPT is telling me. And then it says, would you like to, would you like to start? And I've said, yeah. And all of a sudden, ChatGTP sends this particular service a more precise, uh, smaller request, and it did it. So and, then it's, and then it asks again, would you like to continue? Yes. Well, of course. Boom. And it did it again. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So it's the point now where it's actually telling it's you. It's actually telling me how to prompt, prompt itself. To, Isn't that hilarious? I'm sorry. You asked me the wrong question. Why don't you ask me this instead? And then it became fully aware. Would you like me to ask myself <laughs> this question? Yes, please ask yourself this question. I give you permission to do so. Oh, that. That is... I thought that was interesting. It's interesting and scary and all at the same time. Because is it going to get to the point where it's just going to not even ask you for permission? It's just going to say, um, you know, you didn't ask the question correctly. This is how I would ask it. And I'm just doing that. What are you okay. doing, Dave? You're asking the wrong <laughs> question, Dave. Dave, what are you doing? So there's, a, and I guess there's thousands of GPTs already. And what's interesting is I think of it like the app store at the app stores on both Google and Apple at one time were, you know, maybe a dozen or 50 apps. And now there's almost 2 million in both stores. And it's because it was opened up and then Google and Apple figured out a way that they could monetize 
those and take a percentage of it. And this is probably what's going to happen with with uh, ChatGPT and other AIs as well. Well, if they're building off of other people's stuff, how fast is this going to pop? Oh, oh my goodness. This is going to be Because it's, it's AI helping to build these things. So, of yeah. course, it's going to be a lot faster than what the App Store ever was. It took 10 years to get to 2 million. It's going to be eight months for that to happen here, I think. It's crazy how fast these GPTs are being built. So You're listening to The Tech Ranch, where technology comes alive. Let's dive back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. And don't forget to check out thetechranch.com for more. You are tuned to The Tech Ranch. Hello, Steve. Hello, Marlo. Oh, wait a minute. Hello, Mr. Anderson. Hello, Mr. Botkins. Movie reference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of movies. Yeah. I, I know you spend a lot of time watching them. Well, I used to. Not so much anymore. Yeah. I try. Actually, my wife yells at me all the time because I'll put on an old movie. She's like, you've seen that a thousand yeah. times. I know, but you've got me multitasking and I'm doing something else and I don't have to pay attention to it because I know it verbatim. I have to admit, I am somewhat excited to get my movie pass. Really? Yeah. So I did sign up uh, 20 bucks a month for this. And it's like the old movie pass, except it's, it's more expensive. And, and, uh, and new. Yeah. It works. And it works, I it guess. Works. So they do have, uh, um, I think, over 400 theaters across the country right now that are have partnered with them. So unlike the first time they tried to do this where they didn't talk to anybody and just said, hey, go use our movie pass. And yeah, we're going to charge your money and then you're going to... The theaters will be happy to see you. And that's not exactly how it happened. But, but yeah, so 20 bucks a month, I get 74 credits. And if I go to a matinee, it's 10 credits. If I go to an evening show, it's 15 credits. So basically four to seven movies a month uh, with my movie pass. You know how they say old is new and new is yeah, old and yeah. things come back around. So your movie pass came back. Yes, it did. I'm kind of excited because apparently word on the street is blockbusters coming back. I have not heard this. Now, I'm not sure of what the iteration of it's going to look like, but apparently... Rumor is some version of Blockbuster is coming back. I, I don't even know how to respond to that because what would they rent out? I don't know. I mean, I could see Blockbuster as a like video on demand service online, right? Where you can get like the app. Netflix or well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can maybe order the movie for a buck ninety nine or something and watch it kind of like what Prime does or whatever now. But that's the problem is that Prime already does this along with many other services. So I'm not really sure if that would work either. So all I know is I was excited to be able to go and maybe get candy again, cheaper than at the theater, yeah. but more expensive than if I went to the store. Yeah. Isn't that what the dollar store is about now? Kind of, sort of. You can go there and get the big boxes of movie theater. They do. Candy. They have all the movie they do. theater candy. They do. For a buck and a quarter or whatever it is now, but it's still a good deal. Yeah, it's a buck and a quarter store, that, yeah. not the dollar store anymore. So we're going to be talking about uh, the gig economy today. Giggity, giggity. So here, here. <laughs> Come on, you knew that was coming. You had to know that was coming, Marlo. I did. Giggity giggity. Yes. So instead of watching, you know, on uh, watching these movies all the time, you should get busy and pay those credit cards off. I do pay my credit cards off. Or maybe save a few extra dollars for retirement. Well, we're not really good at that. I, I don't know. I mean, but, you know, who can't use an extra dollar or two, right? And, and probably right now... It's really an interesting time for everybody because in, or, um, um, inflation is crazy, right? I mean, it's come down a little bit 
food prices have started to come back a little bit. Gasoline looks like it's going to be going back up again, though. So, well, and um, especially with the EPA standards that were supposedly going to be implemented for trying to get rid of traditional fueled yeah, vehicles, yeah. Uh, and, and that's the push to electric vehicles, right, right. which we'll dedicate a whole show to sometime in the future. Yes, but not today. Not today. Uh, but people tend to need to make maybe a couple extra dollars. Always. And, uh, you know, times are a little tough right now uh, because of inflation and all this good stuff. But it's never been easier to get gig jobs, you know, things that you can work for an hour or two whenever you have time to do this stuff. Let's back up a little bit. Define a gig job. Well... Okay. It's kind of a reference to maybe music at one side time. Hustle. Side hustle. Side hustle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's referred to kind of as the gig economy. So, you know, back when, if you were a musician back in the day, you'd say, hey, I have a gig on Friday yeah. night or Saturday night. And it just means that it's a side hustle or you're a DJs, musician or whatever. DJ yeah. wedding dances. Yeah. I got a gig. That's exactly right. Well, that term now has been moved to anybody who does kind of part-time work whenever they want to. You know, so if you're an Uber or Lyft driver, for example, you're in the gig economy because you're not mandated by anybody to go say, hey, you have to work from 830 to 5 or whatever. You can just, you know, um, some evening when you're bored, you can turn the app on and and start taking people around town if you want to. If you're a Lyft or, or a DoorDash or, you know, any of the other food delivery places, I mean, there's all kinds of jobs that are available to you. When you want to work. There's a downside to that, though. And that is? It's, well, and I'm talking about in smaller communities that maybe aren't the big communities that have more people that work in that gig economy. Right. Um, You also have the ability to have an onrush of that gig. And I'm going to pick on Uber and Lyft drivers, uh, most notably. Uh, In a lot of places, displaced a taxi service. Yes. So the taxi service you knew was, it was there. You, you, you call it up and somebody was there going to answer the phone with the gig economy side of that, with the Uber and Lyft. Are you sure somebody's always there? Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting point. And I've had uh, challenges. I used to take Lyft all the time to the airport in the last couple of times. I'll, uh, you know, especially early in the morning, you know, if, if you got that 5 a.m. flight or something, uh, it's tough to get a Lyft or an Uber to come and get you at that time of day. So you end up taking your car anyway, you know, so you, but, but you're right. I mean, I think in larger towns, it's probably, you know, not a, not as big a deal. Uh, smaller towns, it's, it's tough when you have somebody who's like, if you are depending on Lyft and or Uber to if take that's you around, whole transport, then your challenge, whole transport, yeah, yeah, in a smaller community, yeah. So, yeah. so then it impacts is, the taxi service because of that. So, is there a threshold when you're talking about a gig economy? Is, is it population driven? Uh, because if you're in a smaller population area and you don't have as many people working in that space, and hey, uh, my kids got soccer tonight, and I'm not going to work. Well, then what? You know, right now you've over max capacity. And so is there a threshold? There is. Because there, there's a positive side and there's a downside. Yeah. Everything. And, it, you know, the other, the other, you know, positive and downside to it is if you did the math, most people would actually be better off using Lyft and Uber than owning a car. Oh, absolutely. 
because you don't have the garage, you don't have the maintenance, the gasoline, the monthly payment, all of this insurance. You figure all that up and you're probably better off to use Lyft and Uber. So there's that trade-off too. And in larger cities, you're starting to see more and more people not buy cars because you have the Lyft and Ubers that are out there. But on the other side of that, I'm starting to see, like I was looking yesterday using Turo. Um, I'm going on a trip here this in a couple of days, and and I uh, was looking at uh, the where I'm, I'm I'm heading over to Vegas, and and there are no cars available. Every service like Hertz or Avis or whatever, zero cars. So then I'm like, all right, I'm going to look at Toro to see what they have available. Which instead of ride share is vehicle share. Right, right. So I can rent my personal vehicle out, which is kind of another gig type of job, right? I mean, you you rent your vehicle out, you make money off of that, you have to clean it up or whatever, but your vehicle is making money for you. But what's interesting is the one I was looking at, these people have like eight cars. So they're buying cars, they're becoming a mini uh hurts basically you know because they're making money on enough on one they went and got another vehicle now and another one and another one and they're using turo uh to i'm guessing they're probably doing okay with renting eight cars out so that's probably pretty good income it's a lot of people that uh you know same space that people that uh okay they buy one and then another and another for vrbo right or exactly right uh, you have an opportunity to be your own business person and grow that business if you're putting out a good product. And it's, again... That's exactly right, yeah. And I, I was recently looking at this in a smaller community and people don't have the ability to find a VRBO everywhere right. or a, an Airbnb everywhere, which that's another conversation on what the difference between those two are. Um, but again, now are you limited by population density, by a population base. So I think what's happened like with VRBO and Airbnb is that, um, especially in areas that didn't have hotels, but maybe could be tourist attractions. And I'm thinking, you know, like where you and I live here in North Dakota, a lot of pheasant hunters and things, right? Yeah. So at at one time, yeah, at one time, uh, you could go into any small town and probably find 10, 15, 20 houses that are available because nobody is really wanting to move into these towns. Everybody's moving to the city, right? So now, you know, everything is sold, everything is taken up, and it's actually driving up the value of the homes and stuff that are in these areas, much to the chagrin of people who are maybe living there and want to, or maybe want to you know, live in these places, you know, maybe you could buy a house for 150 or $200,000 and now it's $300,000 and there aren't the jobs to support that kind of house. So then here you are, you know, so I think there's, there's good and bad with this stuff. Uh, the good side of it is of course, that there's probably more economy, uh, going on in these towns because you are bringing in these, these, um, hunters and, and whatever that wouldn't normally be able to stay there. You know, so like I said, there's that good and bad that's going on and somebody's making money off of renting that house every week. All right. So going back to some of the cons, um, and I see not necessarily a con, but more constraints of depending on what space in a gig economy you're in. Now, if you're looking at some cons, okay, so in picking on the, the ride shares, 
um, you've displaced a taxi service. So now that baseline level of service isn't there at some of those times that, well, people just don't feel like working. Um, what are some of the other cons or pros that you could see within those spaces? Well, I do believe that more people use taxi-like services now than ever before because it's just easier to access them. I mean, you go to the airport and uh, fly in and, and it's like every tax, there's a line for the taxis and there's even a bigger line for rideshare. Right. So to me, it just seems like it's really, really, uh, because it's so easy to do that more and more people are doing it. Uh, so I think that there's value to that. You know, you think of the infrastructure that goes into an airport when that airport was built, it probably wasn't designed that way. That is true. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. We're thrilled to have you with us as we continue exploring living with technology alongside Marlo and Steve. So what I have noticed about the infrastructure thing, Steve, is that, especially at hotels, what, where do you think is the new Lyft Uber pickup spot? Not the front desk? Where people used to smoke. Oh, I have noticed that these smoking areas that they've had outside, that they've they've made those smaller. And for whatever reason, now Lyft and Uber is the new place uh, that's taken that spot. So is that I because think, you get a smoking good deal compared to owning know, my vehicle? Yeah, or? I just laugh about it every time because I see people, you know, huddled out where, where uh, they have the, the smoking signs, you know, on the outside of a hotel lobby or whatever, right? And then uh, they have, like, taped over them or put something over the top that says lift uber now or whatever and then all the poor people that are smoking it's like you know they're over in russia now about 100 feet away from this spot it's just to me it's kind of hilarious okay but, but uber and lyft uh, they have some quality standards on the vehicle you can't have an old vehicle and stuff that's correct so yeah. i'm guessing they're not going to have a lot of vehicles that are smoking no i'm sure in fact i don't think they allow smoking in any of their vehicles probably so, not yeah yeah but anyway uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that I know we're getting into the, the, the weeds a little bit with, with gig economy stuff, but, uh, well, and we would just been talking about ride shares. Yes. Uh, for the most part, there's a whole lot of other spaces in gig economy. There are. And in fact, I have a list of 32 and I know it sounds like a lot, but we won't spend a lot of time in each. All right. Let, let me take some notes here. Yeah. Eve's side. <laughs> I huddles. All right. Okay. Go. <laughs> there you go. So number one on the list is DoorDash. So a lot of companies, you know, especially restaurants um, that maybe don't have delivery service have have now started to offer. Or you like have delivery service. service and no longer have delivery right, service right. because you used to call up, you know, whether it's pizza, Chinese food, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And they would have delivery driver. Yeah. And now they, they've just they removed don't. it. Because, yeah. Yeah. Now there's good and bad to it. You know, I know that uh, DoorDash, you know, negotiates with the restaurant. So, I mean, you and I pay a fee for having that delivery. And then they also, the, the restaurant also pays a fee for that. I don't know if you knew that or not. My wife and I ordered Chinese food uh, the other day and I'm like, Hey, just in case there's something different. Cause we always order the same thing all the time. Uh, and I was going to go pick it up. I'm like, pull up the menu. She pulled up the wrong menu. She pulled up the delivery service menu for okay. that Chinese restaurant. Okay. And the prices were different. Yeah. A lot different. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing how much more it is now to have something delivered. But but if you're looking for, but people people pay it all the time. Yeah, you know. So uh, DoorDash is a new normal. Like it, it is. Right? Yeah, yeah. So the average person with DoorDash, um, I thought they had a list here for how much they make. Everything's very depending on your location and demand peak. 
uh, hours around lunch and dinner. Of course, your per hour rates will be better if you only work when there are plenty of orders coming in. Well, I guess that kind of makes sense. So if you want to make maybe you get an hour and a half for lunch, you know, for where you're working, maybe you could maybe you could pick up an extra 20 or 30 bucks delivering a couple orders over your lunchtime. You know, and in bigger cities, because I know some people that have done that, they're going to go get their lunch anyway. And if they could multitask and because you can go and see where those locations to deliver are, if they're on the way going back to work or if they're on the way and people are ordering from the same restaurant or similar restaurant to proximity wise to where you're picking up your lunch. Yep. Why not? You know, I was uh, back in another life. I was uh, the kitchen manager for a restaurant up in Minot back when I was really, really young. And this guy comes in one night. I know. So many things in my life, right? And uh, anyway, he uh, he comes in, and I knew him. He he was, uh, in fact, he sold me my car. He he was a car salesperson down at a lot just around the corner. And he goes, um, "I would like to work just over the lunch hour for you here." And I'm like, "Well, that would that would be great. What do you want to do? I just want to do dishes." You know, this is this is somebody who puts on a suit and tie every day, and he come in. He just wanted a little side hustle, and he was the best person ever he came in there he had an hour and a half that guy cranked through the lunch hour like you wouldn't believe i was so happy to have that guy so these so people i'm just thinking on the employer side too love these side hustle type of things so you never know you can find you know there might be a restaurant around the area that you can work for an hour to make an extra buck or two as well but not his full-time day job that's right and so you're not not, having to pay the benefits that go along with that and and not aspiring to do anything more than make it's a side hustle to make a couple extra bucks to take the family on vacation or whatever it is that he wanted to do with that money right it's kind of like i used to have a change jar for that but yes nobody uses change anymore well i told you a system for that a side hustle i didn't use the acorn way oh yes i am using acorns is fantastic you'll love acorns it's amazing how fast it adds up are you are you have you already Banked a few coins. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually adds up faster than my change jar did. I'm uh, well, thank you, Marlo. Oh, you're very welcome. Very welcome. Well, I told you, I mean, I have I have like twenty three thousand dollars in my change jar now. Yeah. That nobody can steal, by the way. Digital so, change yeah, jar. Yeah. It's crazy how much it's added up. Um Uber Eats is number two on the list. So very much like like DoorDash. Uh you can go in and, and do the same type of thing. Uh number three is Uber itself. And uh um Uber Drivers, again, the the rate that you can make varies quite a bit depending on when you are driving um, after bar hours. For one example, probably the highest time, uh, you know, around here uh, where you and I live, I would because we have a small airport, I would imagine the times around when the airplanes are landing uh, or taking off are probably peak times. Uh, but if you live in Vegas... You know, every hour is probably peak time there. Well, you know, and that was actually an issue because I was mayor of one of these small towns that we uh, lived in. And uh, I would get phone calls at least once a month from somebody who was a little upset that there wasn't a taxi service. They couldn't get a lift. They couldn't get an Uber. And it was at a 1030 or 11 o'clock at night flight. Yes. Nobody was working at right. that point. That, right. That's why I brought up the the downside. It is a little bit of a challenge for that. Yeah. And then, of course, the taxi service, because they don't have the kind of business they used to, probably isn't running all the time now either. Yeah, or just went out of business. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number four on the list is Grubhub. And they actually have a list. Uh, they're showing that they uh, the average person makes 14 bucks an hour with Grubhub. So Lyft. 
which is the second largest rideshare service and uh, very similar to Uber. Uh, their estimated hourly wage is $17 an hour. I'm sensing a theme here. No theme. Yeah, I, I am. But, you know, the, for the, the first top probably eight or ten are delivery. They're all transportation. Transportation based, type. Whether it's transporting people or transporting food. Foods, yes. Or there's also transporting goods. Yeah. Because you can have groceries delivered yep. as well. Number six is Instacart. That's why it's okay. funny that you just brought that up. So Instacart shopping for and or delivering groceries. Uh, so Instacart, you become, you know, somebody who picks up those groceries and take it over. Um, 13 bucks an hour average. This one I love, by the way, and I've used this a lot. Task Rabbit. Are you familiar with Task No, I'm not. What's a so Task Rabbit? Task Rabbit, uh, you get paid for all kinds of tasks, right? So if you, uh, for example, I ran into a situation where I needed to get a, for National Day calendar, needed to get a proclamation to a company and we shipped it and it didn't get there in time and they needed this thing. So I actually worked out a deal. I sent a, uh, a print job over to Walmart in that area. They had, cause they had a wide format printer they could send it to. They picked it up. They bought the frame. They put it in the frame and delivered it for me. And I gave them X amount of dollars to do that. This is what TaskRabbit is for. These jobs that, you know, it can be anything from landscaping your, your place to whatever. So whatever you're good at, if you have a specialty niche, you know, for you, it wouldn't be voiceover work, Steve. No, no. You know. So, uh, but, but I, I, I can think of parents, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm busy. I forget to pick up my kids from soccer practice. So there's all kinds of great things that you can use TaskRabbit for, whether to make money or to hire somebody to do that. So you got to go check out TaskRabbit. If anybody needs anything picked up at Victoria's Secret, I'm in. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. And now, time for this week's edition of Ranching Issues. Here's Neil Roberts. Welcome to another edition of Ranching Issues. Our guest this week is Montreal County Ag Agent Jim Hennessy. And Jim, weed control is an ongoing battle for ranchers and farmers. As we get into February, it's not too early to plan ahead. Give us some advice. Well, the biggest thing we want to start doing right now is getting ready for the spring season. And right now, first thing we want to look at is being sure that we know which weeds we're dealing with. Some of the other things we want to do is talk about the chemicals we may use and pre-buy a lot of that. If we don't want to use the chemical situation, especially in pastures, we're going to talk about an intensive grazing program so that we can go in there and have the cattle actually graze some of the weeds and have competition from other plants to keep them out of there. So those are some of the things we really look at this time of year, what we're going to do and getting it done. We'll talk more weed control when we come back. The Barrington Bollinger Red Angus production sale is Wednesday, February 21st at 1 o'clock Central Standard Time at the ranch near Powers Lake. Selling 90 powerful yearling bulls and 30 fancy yearling heifers. Bulls are fed free until April 1st, delivered free within 500 miles and fully guaranteed. Online bidding will also be available through dvauction.com. The Berenson Bollinger Red Angus production sale, Wednesday, February 21st, 1 p.m. near Powers Lake. View the catalog at bbredangus.com. It's sale time at Bruner Angus Ranch. Our 22nd production sale is Sunday, February 18th at 2 o'clock. 
Featured sires include Beer Explosive, Mona Trust Fund, Myers Fan Square, Sits Relentless, Hoffman Thedford, and Sits Savvy. This year's offering consists of 100 yearling and two-year-old bulls, 40 registered bred heifers, and 170 commercial open and bred heifers. We always sell with the Bruner Guarantee. Go to BrunerAngusRanch.com to view the live videos. For more information, call Travis at 626-2070 or Blaine at 721-4754. See you at the sale! Talking weed control with Jim Hennessy today on Ranching Issues. And Jim, how about some specific weeds to address here? Some of the weeds we deal with when it hits summer season, probably the number one weed that we've dealt with, especially with all the activity, uh, disturbance of soils, absence wormwood. The plant will, as far as a mature plant, produce a million seeds. Some of those seeds can lay dormant in the soil for 10 years plus. We get into some of the other ones, like red root pigweed. It'll produce over 100,000 seeds. We look at, like, field bindweed. That'll actually have seeds that'll lay in the soil 50-plus years and still be in the dormant stage and can still be viable so we got to keep that in mind when we're planning to go out there and go after them which ones are aggressive which ones are annuals or biennials and then get the job done all right good stuff as always jim thanks for that and that'll bring this report to a close until next time i'm neil roberts you've been listening to ranching issues brought to you in part by the berenson bullinger red angus production sale by the bruner angus production sale and by bremer bank contact bremer for your ag banking solutions Super Talk 1270. This is Outdoor Issues with Neil Roberts and North Dakota Game and Fish Outreach Biologist Greg Gullickson. Pheasant numbers were up last year, along with birds harvested. That's one of the many missions of the club, Pheasants for the Future. Joining us this week is director of the club, Mike Geetson. And Mike, it was quite the year for pheasants in North Dakota, wasn't it? Absolutely. There was a lot of things that came together for the sportsmen in North Dakota. In my opinion, Mother Nature provided us with a heck of a nice fall, gave us lots of days during the season to get out and pursue them. I feel like the numbers in North Dakota were good. There might have been a few areas that the numbers weren't as good, but around the mined area, I know north and east, Pheasant numbers were good, and guys got lots of opportunity to go out and harvest them, so that was awesome. All right, hey, we'll have more on pheasants for the future when we come back. The Barrington Bollinger Red Angus production sale is Wednesday, February 21st at 1 o'clock Central Standard Time at the ranch near Powers Lake. Selling 90 powerful yearling bulls and 30 fancy yearling heifers. Bulls are fed free until April 1st, delivered free within 500 miles and fully guaranteed. Online bidding will also be available through dvauction.com. The Barrington Bollinger Red Angus production sale, Wednesday, February 21st, 1 p.m. near Powers Lake. View the catalog at bbredangus.com. It's sale time at Bruner Angus Ranch. Our 22nd production sale is Sunday, February 18th at 2 o'clock. Featured sires include Beer Explosive, Mona Trust Fund, Myers Fan Square, Sits Relentless, Hoffman Thedford, and Sits Savvy. This year's offering consists of 100 yearling and two-year-old bulls, 40 registered bred heifers, and 170 commercial open and bred heifers. We always sell with the Bruner Guarantee. Go to BrunerAngusRanch.com to view the live videos. For more information, call Travis at 626-2070 or Blaine at 721-4754. We're talking pheasants for the future today with Mike Geetson. And Mike, what does your club do to help boost those bird numbers? Well, one of the things that we focus on a lot of the times is working with landowners because they're an important partner and we have to have them. We all know that the North Dakota Game and Fish provides plots and areas for us, but we also want to work with those landowners to help those birds along. And so I know I particularly work on food plots, tree plantings, brushes, things like that. Another thing that we doesn't get talked about a lot is pollinator plots. And that's an important thing for birds when they're in the chick phase that they need those pollinator plots to pick up some water, to pick up some bugs. We found that when we can add a pollinator plot to some of the things that landowners doing for pheasant promotion, it adds quite a bit because those birds get something to eat and drink. 
How many guys are helping out with this mission? So it started back about 40 years ago. Right now we're sitting on a current board of about, uh, let's see, I would say like 25 people that we have. We had a banquet coming up, but there's 25 of us that work on a volunteer basis to try and keep this thing going. Awesome, Mike. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Again, that's Mike Geetson with Pheasants for the Future. That'll do it for this report. Until next time, I'm Neil Roberts. You've been listening to Outdoor Issues, brought to you in part by the Berenson Bullinger Red Angus Production Sale, by the Bruner Angus Production Sale, and by Taco John's in Minot, Williston, and Dickinson. KLXX AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. ABC News, I'm Mark Remillard. Sources tell ABC News President Biden is fuming over the special counsel's report regarding his handling of classified records. That report raising new questions about his mental acuity. The White House criticizing the special counsel for editorializing about Biden's memory. Former President Trump addressing the NRA's Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg's, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Friday. No one will lay a finger on your firearms. It's not going to happen. It comes ahead of the Republican South Carolina primary on February 24th. Growing concerns about the humanitarian crisis in Gaza that it could get worse soon. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has told his military to prepare a plan to evacuate civilians from Rafah ahead of an expected ground invasion. Hundreds of thousands of Palestinians fled to Rafah early in the war, and it's not clear where else they can go. A bipartisan group of U.S. lawmakers meeting with Ukrainian President Zelensky in Kiev on Friday. This is ABC News. Authorities in Florida say two people are dead after a private jet crashed into traffic on a busy Florida high interstate on Friday. The pilots reported they lost both engines while attempting to land at Naples Airport. It took the top of that truck. The jet, a Bombardier Challenger 600, slamming into the southbound lanes of I-75 and colliding with a vehicle, leaving behind fiery debris. The barrier wall had a hole in it, was charred from, from fire and smoke. Joe Robinson watching in horror. As I passed by the crash, I could feel the heat from it. The crash causing major traffic delays, authorities shutting down a stretch of I-75 as the investigation gets underway. ABC's Victor Okendo. Authorities say three people escaped with their lives. Legislation underpinning a plan to relocate the NBA's Washington Wizards and the NHL's Washington Capitals to Northern Virginia has easily cleared the Virginia House Appropriations Committee, advancing the measure to the House of Delegates. I'm Mark Remillard, ABC News. Give the star in your life the brightest gift in the world. Name a star after them. This is Rocky Mosell with International Star Registry. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit starregistry.com, you can name a star for birthdays, weddings, or even memorials. Over 45 years, we have named millions of stars for celebrities and individuals from around the world. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit starregistry.com or call 800-282-3333. $3,000 to fix my transmission? $5,000 to replace the engine? You can't avoid breakdowns, but with Coverage X, no more ridiculous repair bills. Transmission, engine, electronics, Coverage X's vehicle protection plan has you covered with budget-friendly, flexible, month-to-month plans. Call 800-875-9695 or CoverageX.com. With Coverage X, unavoidable, unaffordable car repair bills are covered. Visit CoverageX.com or 800-875-9695. 800-875-9695. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather.
With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, mostly cloudy, a high near 30. Northwest winds at about 15 to 20 miles per hour. Partly cloudy tonight, mid-teens. Mostly sunny and breezy for your Sunday, a high near 38. Slight chance of light snow Sunday night, a low near 22. Monday, light snow and 36. If you're looking for a new place to live, stay, work, or play, check out Worthington, Minnesota. It's worth a look. Right now, it's 28. The Ramsey Show. How much are you paying a month in childcare? Tuition for the daycare we use is twenty-five thousand per kid. Then we pay extra for early care and aftercare. Our childcare costs are about eighty thousand a year. They're not even in school, and you're already paying twenty-five thousand a head. I mean, are they going to Harvard? We're going to take out student loans for the four-year-old. Wow. There's gold in those daycare hills. The Ramsey Show, starting at five p.m. weekdays on Super Talk twelve seventy. Now you can listen to Super Talk 1270 on Alexa. Hiya. Find out how at supertalk1270.com. Goodbye. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. So, precision... Precision egg and easy for you to jobs. Say. Yeah, obviously not. Huh? <laughs> so you know we were just talking about jobs. What do you think the impact will be uh, with the workplace? Art- artificial intelligence. You know how is it going to impact the workplace? Which workplace, though? I, well, I, I think that's the the question you have to ask because there's spaces for it, and do we fully know what the impacts could be? in every workplace yet because there's a different application for everything. So we don't. So let's start with restaurants. Okay. We can just go right down the things that impact the people, people the most. So let's just start with restaurants. Now, are you want to talk on the backside of it or you want to talk on a customer's perspective walking through the door? I think a little of both actually, but let's talk about the customer impact and what we could potentially see when we walk into a restaurant in the near future, if not already. Well, so, we're already seeing that you, some. you can order on a kiosk. Yes. Um, after you, COVID, a lot of people, restaurants don't have menus anymore. They're QR code. So COVID actually trained us a little bit to little bit. going to this already. Because you're right. Many restaurants have the QR code and many haven't stopped. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but I go into some of these restaurants Why and you? still a QR code on the table. Well, if you think about uh, getting into the finances, your profit margin's pretty thin at a restaurant or any establishment uh, that you can imbibe in or eat at or margins are thin. So anywhere you can cut costs, what's the cost of printing a new menu every six months? Yeah. Or every three months. Yeah. Depending on if your menu rolls over. So if you could reduce that cost because, Hey, it's digital. I can just put it on online. Uh, helping facilitate some of that is a lot of the online delivery services because people want to be able to order online. Well, here's the QR code that just links to that menu. Why do you need a menu? I think the other thing with it too, the thing, there's some things I don't like about it because I do like to peruse a menu sometimes. 
But the thing, unless is, it's a darkly lit restaurant, I'm with my wife usually when yeah. that happens, and they print really small. And then I forgot my glasses. I use oh. my phone for that, by the way. Yeah, by the way, yeah, you pull the phone up. So you're using yeah. technology, I, circumvent technology. So I can, so I can read. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're right about that. Because it's the light. It, yeah. I need my flashlight yeah. on my phone. Yeah. Uh, but the cool thing is, is that it allows restaurants to make menu changes whenever they want to. Something comes into season, they get a great buy on something or whatever. They can add it to the menu. Before it used to be that, you know, sometimes you'd find a little sticker on a menu or they just would decide not to bring it in because it costs too much and take or too much they time to, to change the menu over. They have to print another menu. So right. you'll have the specials for this month. Right. Because we it's in season. Yep. And, yep. and there's a lot of local restaurants that, that do that. A lot of restaurants I go to that do that. They'll have an extra insert or an extra menu. That's print costs. And print is expensive nowadays. So have you used a kiosk at a restaurant yet? The full like, kiosk? Like McDonald's or whatever? Uh I may have stumbled through one when one first popped up. Okay. And now what I'm finding around here locally anyway is uh, they're not always working. Interesting. They're, they're not. Yeah. Okay. We went back to the high school kid. Well, supposed to be a high school kid back behind the counter, which isn't the case nowadays. But, but I wonder if it's a workforce type of scenario because some of this. So I've been in a couple of McDonald's, and I don't mean to pick on McDonald's, but it seems that the they kiosks, rolled out first. They they yeah. got ahead of it with yeah. COVID. They yeah. they got ahead. They wanted to roll it out because McDonald's also got into the robots for making hamburgers yes. back yeah. and and flipping hamburgers. Yeah. Uh, there's a restaurant in California, by the way, that had the first one called Flippy, and the restaurant was would did did okay before. <clears throat> since they have the robotic hamburger maker now you can't get into the place really people want to see this robot making like glass wall with the robot making. i don't know how they're doing it long as in and out burger doesn't go yeah, around i'm yeah, fine yeah but anyway uh so yeah i i was in uh is it wickiham um arizona i think that's the name of the town and i've been through there a couple times over the last couple years and they went from having kind of their full service, normal McDonald's to a kiosk. And the last time I was there, they had now, uh, they had a combination thing right away, like a hybrid where they had a couple kiosks and a couple people working. Now there's many kiosks and one person uh, at, at the front, just basically bringing out food and, and answering questions that some people might have. So uh, I think it's a workforce issue in that area. It's not a heavily populated area. So for them to be busy on a, like the one morning I went in there, you couldn't get into McDonald's. It was so busy there. And I walk in and there was a kiosk open. I went up and I ordered my food and, and that was that. And a couple of minutes later, there it was. So Okay, we're kind of talking fast food, but just think about you get your order, you got a number on the bottom of your slip, and then somebody would yell out when your order's ready, hey, number 76. Right, right. And you'd go up and somebody would hand you your food. Right. Well, take a look at what, the delivery services have done. Um, every restaurant, whether it's a fast food restaurant or a regular restaurant, now has a shelf over yeah. the entrance that, yes. that they put the, the delivery eggs on. Yes. And they come up and, well, okay, now extrapolate that back into fast food a little bit further. Do you even have to have somebody handing you the food bag anymore or setting that food bag on the counter? So the calling out number. Yeah. yeah. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. There's a couple of places I've been into that I've seen this now where that, that shelf that you're talking about is both for to-goes and for the delivery 
piece. They just have different sections on there. This is where you pick up your order. The other one is for people who are coming in to, to pick them up to deliver them like a DoorDash. Or and there's a lot of push to go to online ordering. Yeah. Order before you get there. Right. You know, it, you know it's kind of funny. Take a look at uh, it, it. We've talked in the past about um, where Domino's is going to autonomous vehicles. But Domino's also gives you $3 off delivery charge if you come pick it up yourself. Right. So they're going to pay you to deliver your own pizza right. or wings or whatever. Makes sense. Yeah, it does. You know, when you think about it. But w- what does that do, again, going back to margins, if you're going to take $3 off a pizza that you're making for somebody to come in and pick it up, then you're reducing those margins. So where, where else are you going to make profit? So this is where it starts going, well, I could have a robot make a pizza dough and toss the dough and, and run it through the oven. And so there's from a technology perspective, I think there needs to be some balance. There there needs to be a, a little bit of a balancing act and we've got a long way to go to find what that sweet spot is. Yep. I think the other thing that's going to be interesting and, and we can pick a McDonald's or on a, a Domino's a little bit is that as artificial intelligence comes out uh, in these systems that we're talking about here, that they'll be able to sense, for example, you know, Domino's, as well as most restaurants, are are really, in, you know, trying to, the consistency is such a big deal to them, right? That the pizza is always, that pepperoni pizza is always right. going to be the same because this is the experience that the customer wants. If they're going to order a pepperoni pizza from from Domino's, this is what they expect to have. Well, imagine that if an artificial intelligence can monitor as that pizza is going through the pizza oven and they're like, oh, it's cooking a little bit faster. Let's turn the temperature down just a little bit or whatever and adjust as it goes along so that that, that consistency becomes even better and better and better. But that's a place where you can take out the human error factor because having managed several pizza places while in college, uh, that was the big thing. It, Godfathers or some other ones right. that I'd managed. And, and you got to have 26 pieces of pepperoni on a pepperoni pizza. You got to have this much cheese. You have to have these many mushrooms. And if somebody's busy and throwing together a pizza uh, at a crush time, do, do you get that consistency? Right. Whereas a robot or artificial intelligence monitoring that, you're going to get that consistency yeah. Yeah. time and I time agree. again. And then what about delivery as well? I mean, the efficiencies of delivery, whether it's a human driver or an artificial intelligence that's going to be driving the vehicle now will get better too because, you know, it's it's no different. If you have three pizzas, you're going back to the pizza shop and there's three pizzas to be delivered, you know, the odds are going to be pretty good that they're going to lay out a route for you now to deliver those next three pizzas as opposed to just grabbing the next one and going. Oh, that was because that efficiency with, is yeah, big that was deal the there. Thing with delivery drivers is, okay, how do you route this? So when you're doing deliveries, are you getting them all in the same neighborhood because you don't want somebody having to drive across town? So you're trying to get as efficient as possible. Exactly. If you've got artificial intelligence doing that, it'll know that they can run you. It, it, it's kind of back the old school. I, I can't remember if it was FedEx or if it was um, uh, UPS, but one of them had a mandate. I, th- I think it was FedEx at the time. And this goes back 15 years. They were trying to fight efficiencies in delivery and no left turns. You had to route. The drivers did the routing. You had to route and, and the computer, the GPS in the vehicle 
monitored it and went back to a, a central hub and, and they kept an eye on that, but no left turns because that's not efficient use of time for deliveries. So you had to do a route so you could only make right-hand turns. And they found that they were much more efficient doing that. Um, now you're looking at bigger cities as well, but it, it did trickle down into some pretty small cities. Now, you know, a community like Bismarck Mandan probably so well. Yeah. You're going to have outliers, Yeah, but in bigger cities where you're doing more volume, yeah, you could, you could increase the efficiency a great deal. I'll deliver pizzas, but I only can make right turns. <laughs> I wonder if I would, I wonder if I get hired for that. As opposed, so to, as opposed to that character on Gilligan's Island, Wrongway Feldman. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> funny, funny stuff. Always the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, there, we've taken efficiencies in a lot of spaces as far as we could. And then there's always new innovation where now we have that opportunity because I look at things a lot from, okay, where we're at right now, let's look at a problem or an issue from the other perspective. And we as people always don't look at other perspectives. So we have a hard time going from this side of a problem and attacking it from the other side. And that's where artificial intelligence, I think, can have a great benefit and a great usefulness as a tool for society. Yep, I agree. I agree. So there's a lot of other businesses that we're going to delve into here. You know, my next one is like in the office. So I really want to get into that. And you're tuned to the Tech Ranch. And we're back with the Tech Ranch, getting ready for more amazing tech insights from the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. But before we get into other workplaces, I think we're missing some things with restaurants. Yeah, we, we went down a rabbit hole with fast food. Well, you and I go down a lot of yeah, rabbit Yeah, we do. But uh, yeah, we did go down the fast food route um, in a couple different spaces. But going back to the restaurant stuff, so we, we talked about the, the QR code and the menu, right. getting rid of that. But uh, how often, how long before you just order at your table? Because there's some, there's some technology that's out there now because there's also technology that you just pay your bill at the table. Right. Uh, or a server will hand you uh, this little computer that you just punch everything right in at the table. They don't have to take your card back. And, you know, there's some security things involved with that. And there's uh, the technology and the convenience. Some of this I view as a good thing. Some of it, I go to a restaurant for the ambiance, for yep. the experience and this the social side of things. So you're having, you're going to have a problem with the robotic server? I I, I, unless they're a really good conversationalist or somebody I want to engage because it's about the experience. So my wife and I'll go out to a restaurant and we'll sit down and it's the ambiance. It's everything that includes the conversation with the server and finding out what the specials are and them doing their job. Um, now the other side of that is one of the, my biggest frustrations at a restaurant because my time's valuable. Um, it's not even when you get seated and it t they're busy, they're slammed, I understand that, and it takes a while for the server to get over to you. It's when you're done with your meal and the ability to pay and leave. So the little computer that's at the table that you can just pay your bill and walk out the door, I like that because now I'm not stuck at a table killing time, making idle chit-chat. Right trying to leave it's like it, so, it has crossed my mind at some restaurants you know 
I couldn't be held guilty for dining and dashing because they didn't bring me the bill. Right. I, it, it, that drives me nuts. Yeah. I, it just drives me nuts. So I can mitigate that or I can go to a restaurant that that can be mitigated at. So I see a lot of other spaces, but I don't want to see servers go away. I really don't. So you have a problem with the robot coming up to your table, scanning you. Oh, it's Steve Bakken. Oh, Repre- you know all these Repre- orders? Referencing your social media and noticing that you're ordering filet of fishes the last six Fridays in a row, and now it's Good Friday. So it knows all this information, and then it goes, Mr. Bakken, thank you for joining us today at the restaurant. We have, we have fish on sale today. Because it knows all this stuff about you. Okay, you've never intrusive. never been in the restaurant before. Wow. Okay. You do you have a problem with that? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. And, and well, I'll take a half a step back. I guarantee you. Like, I have a really bad going. habit because I'll look at the menu and, and we go to our favorite restaurants for our favorite meals most often. Yep. And I'll go to a restaurant. And I'm like, oh, that looks good. That looks good. That looks And then you order the same thing you always right, order. Right. So maybe on that level. I could be okay with, oh, I met the walrus and I order this every time yeah. and and that's the, my go-to there or this restaurant and that's my go-to. I would probably, it would take me a while, but I would be okay with sliding into, oh, well, here's your usual order, but we have this special. Would you like to consider this or do you want your usual? Because there's also something to be said about you go to your little greasy spoon cafe or you walk into the little cottage or Frites or Ohms and they know you and they know what you order every time. I think the, there's the, a balance. I think the biggest thing with that, especially when you're with people and they walk and you walk up and they're like, Mr. Bakken, would you like your usual today? I mean, there's just something about yeah. that, 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 Whatever you want to call it, that it's the customer service side yeah, of things, yeah. and I'm not going to get customer service like that from a robot, I did, or at least not from the point where I feel that I need to tip you on your ability to do your job well. So this is where I, I think you can get the same level of service from a robot. It's just that it's not special. That it's not like an individual right. that actually remembered who you are. You know that the robot is pulling this information because it did connection. Yeah, yeah, because it just it's getting the information gathered because it did a uh, facial scan of you and now it knows who you are and it's gathering all this information about you. We're becoming more and more of a customer service society. We are. If you start taking away those avenues for us to interact with customer service, I think that's also a downside of some of the AI options out there or some of the technology that's coming. It. We need that interaction on a human level. Yeah. And honestly, I'm not going to tip a robot unless it makes me mad and I'll tip it over. But that that's, I'm not going to tip a robot. Wow. Interesting. And then. Because you know, that's still going to be an option. on Right. On but we've also seen where AI has gotten frustrated with people not asking it the right questions. Right. And it responds angrily. And now if I have this robot at this restaurant that didn't get tipped and it's mad at me because I didn't tip the robot, I'm like... I was telling all its robot friends who you are. Yeah. So what do I need to do? Bring a, a quart of 40 weight? To, is that how you tip a robot? I Seriously. Paradigm shifts that we haven't... You know you're not supposed to make me laugh today, right? 
How do you tip a robot? Yeah. Because are you t at that point, are you tipping the robot or are you tipping the establishment? Well, then that's the thing. You'll have to make uh, a choice. And I do believe that that there will be, you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now, there'll be restaurants that'll be advertising about the fact that there's, their wait staff is fully human. Won't that be hilarious? Right. Because you want to have that interaction with people and, and it's marketing, whatever, right? It's, it's a niche. But I also believe that will be the same with banks and attorney or law firms and whatever. There will be this boutique, boutique, whatever you want to say it. Is it boutique? Yeah. Boutique industry, right? Help me out here. Depends if you got flair. Boutique. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Very boutique. good. You're, you're kind of a boutique kind of guy. I'm a bougie kind of guy. <laughs> uh, Making you laugh now. Uh, but yeah, I think that uh, you'll have these type of businesses that'll flourish because they're after the human to human interaction that goes on. But there are people, I have to admit sometimes. But we've seen this in other industries. It, it, the society we are and we are becoming is people will pay for good service. We're a customer service industry. So... Are you going to pay a little extra if this favorite restaurant of yours employs humans versus robots? Right, right. Yeah, because it's the customer service. But you have the other side of the, the equation, too. Have you ever called somebody? See, I'm okay with fast food if it's a fast food. Or, right. You know, because now you're talking expediency. But again, going back to a restaurant. Expediency I'm, and efficiency. And efficiency. That's the thing about fast food. Right. Right. It, I, I expect that. I do it's too. fast food. I do too. If I'm going to a restaurant and sitting down with my wife, it's about the ambiance. It's the setting. It's us relaxing, not being in a rush, not uh, unless we're trying to catch a movie later, which by the way, that's going home now to get yeah, that Isn't movie. that funny? Yeah. All that yeah, is, yeah. Weird. My so, wife's got this crazy thing. It's like with, she's like, we don't have to go to the theater. It's cheaper to watch the, I'm like, I but it's the experience. It. I just missed it. I missed the theater. experience. I There's, you can't watch Top Gun and Top Gun 2 on a little screen. Right. So have, have you ever called somebody and then they actually answer the phone and you're disappointed? Yes. Okay. So. This is kind of what's interesting to me about this is because you say that because you wanted to leave a voicemail because there is efficiency in that and all that good stuff. Uh, but well, as some other result, reasons I well, want to talk about. I grew. I that had to. Yeah, and you're listening to the Tech Ranch. You've returned. Technology is our passion. Let's jump back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. So why are you disappointed when somebody answers the phone normally? Well, it depends on why I was calling him. All right, so you're calling me. Hey, my kid just broke your window, so I, I, I would rather leave my neighbor a voicemail for that. Okay. Uh, I almost said answering machine, but no. Yeah. Uh, there are some conversations you just don't want to have, or for expediency, you just, oh, if I talk to this person, I'm going to be on the phone for a half hour with them, and just leave them a message. You know, it's, so, yeah, there are occasions that... It's nicer to not have a conversation with somebody. I can just leave them a message. Have you? But also I text too. And, and texting is usurped leaving a message right often. Right. So how about dealing with a company then? Are there times, let's say your, your internet is down or your cable is down or whatever. Do you prefer to call the company or yes. do you go to their website and talk to them through a chat bot? No, I, chat I, bot. I usually try to call. Which you do. 
most times now it's a chat bot of a different it, it, can I get a person? Can I get a person? Yeah. Can I get a person? Because so after about eight of them, you might actually get a person. So the reason I'm bringing this up, so I, I'm the other way. I will actually go onto their website and hope to find a chat window of some kind that I can talk. Because you don't want to talk to people. Well, I don't want to go through the tunnel or the, the funnel that they take you through on the phone a lot right. of times. So I sometimes think that if I just go and I can talk to somebody directly or at least more directly when I'm in a chat window on their website than I do by going here and through all the automated stuff. You know what I do sometimes? What do you do? <laughs> Just for that reason, if you Google hacks and, and you can find the hacks for Sam calling the cable company or the phone company or an airline. Yeah. And you can find out which prompt to push to go straight to a oh, person yes. instead of going through the funnel. And most of them I have, will do that. Yeah. Yes. I've, I've tried to hit zero. But a yeah. Couple no. Times and it doesn't always work. It, they, they all got rid of that. It's yeah. like pound, pound, zero, four, two, boom. And hey, I'm right to a supervisor who's a real person. I didn't know this. Yeah, you, there, there's hacks for that. That's a good piece of information. Yeah. So, so Google that. So I will go online and do that right, sometimes. Right. Interesting. Well, the thing I'm getting at here, I guess, is that you know, all these other things, these way that these By the way, we were in bundle go into the rabbit. Hole. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So we're kind of being trained already to accept yeah. this other. Cumed is the word I like to use. Yeah. We're being cumed yeah. into a central path. And, you know, restaurants is, is certainly to me, that's the, the first place. But, but well, we talked about the pickup. The, the, uh, the deliveries, the onlines, the, you know, all of that streams into the same current, the same flow, yep. whether you're calling a DoorDash or a Uber Eats or whatever it is, it, it's all streaming to the same place because that's where they're trying to take us. And, you know, you can take it all to, you know, this customer experience, uh, at least during the pandemic, you know, it was getting easier and easier and easier to order things online and have it delivered to you. Or if you go to the store, they just bring it out to you, you know? So in the future, I believe that these, the, the era of superstores, I think is coming to an end. Well, look at the big box stores. What, so, what do you need the space for anymore? Cause there's nobody in them. Well, and now, you know, how everybody goes to the Walmart or Target and right. and they look for, okay, where's the closest parking spot? My wife's horrible at this. She will drive around. I'm like, we could have been in there by now. Yes. Just park. I'll walk. We need the steps, you know, just park. I'm, at, I'm always at the end of the parking lot. Yeah, too. I, I, I park do too. Park yeah. too. And, but now you have to, because take a look at all the parking spaces up by the door that are no longer general parking. Right. They're not even handicap parking anymore yeah, it's they for are for pickup. spot one two three yep. four five six through 25 yep. of online pickup yep and you're going to come in you're going to punch a number and somebody's going to take your order out to you or in the future this robot's going to take your order right. out to you well that's what they're grooming us for actually it's just going to be a robot that's going to be only parts are going to be yeah and and see where how many times do you have a little difficulty getting down an aisle? Because it used to be somebody was stocking a shelf. Right. Now it's somebody's picking an and order picking off an order. for somebody else. And that's actually, especially during the daytime, uh, you'll go into these places and they're like, oh my goodness, there's so many people running around in here. It's just their staff. 
It's Pick starters. Yeah. Getting ready for when they're going to get crushed at five o'clock that night or whatever. Okay. So now let's extrapolate that a little bit. The front end of a box store has always been the piece where you've got people coming in and the aisles and the products and less of an onus on the backside of that box store. Right. The backside of that box store, the bigger warehouse space, because we're going to save time by not having, we're going to have one or two items out on the floor and we're going to save time because people are ordering things online and we're not going to take the time to put it out to the front of the store. Right. It's just going to stay in the warehouse space in the back. Yep. And now we're not going to have this clutter of people going through and picking out these items. Oh, by the way, we can, isn't that what Amazon's been doing for a while now? Yep. It's about the warehouse space and picking those orders rather than the front of a box store where you're going through and physically picking out. The, now you're saving the, oh, we got to put it out on the shelf to take it off of the shelf. And what I, it's a what small I, space. What I love about this, right, is that all these companies are, are basically shrinking their, their footprint, moving to more warehouse type of scenarios to, compat, to compete with Amazon. And Amazon, on the other side, is developing retail stores now, right. which is hilarious. They're, they're unlike anything that's out there because you, if you have the app, you can go in. You don't have to pay for anything. It just automatically gets deducted and whatever. So Great example but, locally, Shield. If, if you walk into Shields in Bismarck, Shields now has a very, very much smaller footprint for their shoe department. Because it's more space in the back for the warehouse right. side right off. So they shrunk that space. Yeah. Yep. I think what we're going to see is instead of these massive stores, which prior to COVID we'd grown into. Yep. And it, I used to do some work with Cabela's back in the day and it 270,000 square foot retail. Yeah. Pay, we're not going to see that anymore. Nah, I don't think so. We, we might see the warehouse space for that for product delivery. But you right. remember... And, and when I worked with Cabela's, that was a different aspect because the Cabela's brothers built these showpieces. That was an online store originally yep. that started online. It was about the warehouse and then the delivery system. And then they started with the showpieces. And now we're seeing that entire industry, uh, no matter what the box is, we're seeing, we're going to see those shrink. They're going to start coming back to, well, what's manageable? So. You could have, going back to Shields, great example, uh, ordered a pair of shoes that happened to have been on sale and they didn't have my size. And I'm like, okay, so does it come into the store and then somebody calls me to pick it up because that's what it had been? No, whichever store happens to have the size that will fill your order first and it'll ship right to your house. Yep. Uh, so they didn't even task a certain, oh, we've got this at this store, we'll get it here and then... Oh no, which here's a flag and somebody's in charge of fulfillment and they're going to ship it to me. Okay. Little paradigm shift. Yep. It wouldn't, Incremental paradigm shift. It wouldn't even surprise me to start seeing like Walmart and Target and whatever these neighborhood stores that they, they have developed over the last few years, last decade or whatever. There's smaller footprint, but they don't have the big mega store type of thing. Well, Walmart's been doing that for with grocery space. Yeah. They've got Walmart, yes, grocery and some hygiene products, and it's a much smaller footprint. Right. 
to me, what will be the next evolution will be just warehouses. You'll order online and they'll have 25 spots for Pete, like what you're talking about at the front of the store. The parking lot won't even be that big. It's just you're getting me be, excited now because I love Ikea. Yes. Kind of along those lines. But Ikea has a, a huge footprint. They can't get rid of the meatballs. Yeah, you got to keep the meatballs. Oh, my goodness. I swear. And the berries. This is, this is so... Yeah. When I when I go to Vegas now, I mean, Ikea is like as far away in Vegas as from where I stay when I'm working down there. And uh, you got to go, don't I, you? I, I, I don't know. My car just automatically goes there. I've noticed that the last it, four or that five That because times. you're driving an autonomous vehicle and it knows that, oh, Marlo's in the car. Let's take him and to I, Ikea. That used is to that be it? In-N-Out Burger, by the way. I'd, I'd get into my car from the airport Ooh, and the yeah. very first stop would be at this In-N-Out Burger. I don't stop there as often because the car seems to be going more towards Ikea lately. Okay, so now let's extrapolate this out because you were talking about the Walmart specifically. Yes. And, and what that footprint looks like. We are yep. talking about the footprints. And when you start going back to, I'll use Portland, Oregon as okay. a great example. Walmart's closed all their stores in Portland. I did not know that. Because of the shoplifting, the violence, the crime. Interesting. Wait a minute. So now we don't have that human interaction coming into the stores. So there's not an element of order online. Wait a minute. Yeah. We can get rid of the entire security department that is there monitoring cameras and walking through stores to, okay, now you're cutting down overhead. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you've got, you just eliminated the crime. You've eliminated shoplifting. So, so loss I, prevention, they, they would be, went away. They would be the perfect Lot prevention yes. is expensive and when it, it comes to retail. Actually, they depending factor on the plan, that in. They, it's they about five to ten percent. Yeah, it's expensive. So now you just took that overhead right, out, right? And the ability to operate in locations that they probably were afraid to operate well, before. And how many of these places do you see that don't even have a checker anymore? They'll have one person right. monitoring, right? The self the self checkout right. kiosk, right? And think of the security involved with that well it always has one i've i've been curious is if the uh amount of loss has gone up a little bit but they offset it because they don't have as much labor involved because right. i have to imagine that the, the loss has gone up a little bit it's pretty uh, to me it would be pretty easy to slip something extra into a bag or something well and every now and then you'll see in the news somebody it's like oh you paid 99 cents for that luggage right right because <laughs> you rang something at, okay but they get caught. Yeah. It, it, don't think there's not a camera. Oh, yeah. Right They're being that, watched. Yeah. It, constantly. Eyes yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So we started with workplace. Right? I'm not really sure it, where we started, actually. But we yeah. did yeah. start with workplace. Workplace. And, and I wanted to bring something into this medium. Yes. So you take a look at broadcasting. I've been in broadcasting for far too long. And I've watched the iterations of technology and broadcasting and what it's done. I, I remember back in the day having to change reel to reels on syndicated programming, like I was okay. reels of tape. It hasn't changed much in this room. Well, no, this studio, it, it has not. But but if you take a look at, at where you can import voices from and right. the different technology of uh, is somebody actually live in the studio or is it recorded? Is somebody actually live in the market or are they not in the market? Yeah. Um, it's hard to differentiate. That. It, it is hard to differentiate. Yeah. Now let's go to AI. Just in this medium, uh, 
and I've heard examples of different celebrities or like me, the like you. I have my own AI voice, you know. You do. I do. And you have it with you today. I don't have it with me today, but on National Day Radio, for example, which I introduced you to not too long ago, some of the breaks and that type of thing in there are done via me without me recording that. It's back in the day of, is it live or is it memorized? Yes. Yeah, it's hard to tell sometimes if it's an AI voice. But and it brings up some other security issues too. So you start talking workplace and, okay, am I going to be replaced sometime because uh, somebody knows, uh, okay, theoretical, hypothetical, uh, I'm an in I'm a very popular voice on the radio. Yep. And they want to replicate that. Right. But I'm not around anymore. I, I moved on, but they want to retain this. Okay. So where I'm going with this is James Earl Jones. Yeah. Who or signed a contract yep. for, he will always be Darth Vader. Yep. Whether he's around or not. Yep. But he will always be Darth because AI can replicate his, you'll never know. You'll never know. Doing it already. Doing it already. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of scary. And actually, well, it's it's good in that instance. I love the fact that... So workplace and applications in certain workplaces matter. That's yeah. where I was going with it. Yeah, it really does. But it can go the other way too. You know, I was going to get into this a little bit later in the show, but since you got, you sent us to this place, we'll get back to the workforce stuff with AI in a little bit, but... The AI voice scams that are going on right right now. Oh yeah, is unbelievable. It really is, and uh, I think now is the perfect time to to get into that, isn't it? Well, you know, I always answer the phone different. Hello? Yes. Hello. 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 Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the Guru of Geek, Marlo Anderson. Hello. 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 Part of the reason I do that, Marlo, and answer the phone differently every time I, and I'm very careful not to say too much. I don't know if it's artificial intelligence that is calling me. Have you got this I, happen to you before already? Well, I've heard stories. And how many times do you get a phone call from, for some strange reason, it's like the three same towns in North Dakota. Uh, but how often do you get a phone call that it's just, there's nothing there. It doesn't answer. Right. Is it recording your voice? Right. Because is it going to use your voice for a scam later? Yes. So you're tuned to the tech ranch and we're talking about artificial intelligence. And, you know, that's the dark side of AI is the ability to, oh, is it live or is it Memorex? I, I don't know if I'm talking to my grandmother because was her voice recorded and I'm now being scammed because grandma needs me to pay her parking ticket for her Okay, forget the fact she's been dead for four years, uh, but so this, do they have her voice? This is what's going on right now. So you can go, uh, and I'll just pick on YouTube. Let's say you've got a lot of YouTube videos up, right? They can extrapolate your voice, drop it into an AI voice synthesizer, and train it so that it sounds like the person that they're training it to be. Yeah, it's the inflections, the math. All of that, right. Not, and it's and, kind of the difference between thinking analog and digital. It's not a bunch of chopped up words that they're piecing together to try to form a sentence. That's correct. It's making the sentence. Yes. So it's just training you and all. It, it's training itself and all this stuff. Once that training is complete, which used to take, 
maybe a half hour or an hour. And, and in some instances, probably still does. But they're just setting it and, and leaving it until it's done. So that they, And then they'll go and got another one, another one, another one, another one. So they'll get all these done. And then all they have to do is... Because we were talking food and restaurants. So it's, it's, now it's, I'm into food. Right, right. Yeah, it's got to cook. But all they have to do now is just, just uh, I get a phone call and it sounds like it's my daughter. And she's crying. She's in trouble. She needs bail. She needs whatever. She's been kidnapped. All this stuff is now possible and is happening. Okay, now I'm thinking about kids because I was thinking about um, you know, Chad GPT and, and the educational side of things where they're a little worried about kids writing papers and things like that because it'll learn your writing style. Right. And now you've got me thinking the voice thing. It's like, okay, so you're a high school kid at a raging party, but you can set your phone to call your mom and check in. And yeah, mom, we're fine. We're just at the movies. I'm over at my friends. It's, it's, it's possible. It's possible. And could actually interact with, you can get, hey, I had to crawl out the basement window for you. Right. Yeah. All right. Right. <laughs> So that's interesting as well. But the one thing I want to tell everybody is that if these type of scenarios happen, you should have you should have a visit with the people in your family and your friends, and you should all establish a safe word. It's the easiest way to to, to get around this. Okay, but at some point, can artificial intelligence figure out your safe word? Not if you've never shared it with anybody, but a few people. Pick something that you... Pick something that's on the wall that you're looking at it, a picture or something. That's something that's so not that's interesting. Obvious. No, so that would be like they say with uh, your computer password. Yeah, pick a phrase. Yeah, which can be a paragraph in some cases. So pick a phrase. I think right with the people that are around you, you need to pick a safe word because you're probably going to fall. You're probably going to get these calls, and it's it's How far out are we from these, or are they happening now? Happening now. This is already happening. People, it just will get more prolific. Uh, as they start to dial in on the scam a little bit, but they're fearful. You know, you're going to get a call that your daughter's been kidnapped and all of a sudden they'll put your daughter on the phone and, and your daughter's going crazy. Well, this is all AI that's being, that's so been the security side of this. So if, if it's possible to have artificial intelligence run a scam like this then but where, not, where where's the not artificial... really ai running the scam is somebody else that could be though scam i mean yeah if, 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 if program it, to do that well but. think about how a lot of the scams are set up so they don't work on you know hey we're extorting this pipeline company for a half a billion dollars they don't most of them don't work like that yeah they or, work on, on or, yeah volume I, I got 150 bucks out of this i got right. 20 dollars out of this right it's volume yeah so at what point could they set up those scams because they're working on volume that they're going to blanket everybody? Yeah. They're, they're, you know, but, so the security but, side on the backside, it's like how long before there's a filter on my phone or an app that I download that is artificial intelligence to counteract the artificial intelligence. So there'll be some of that. I agree. I think that there will be some of that. Uh, but right now, and I think, you know, more high profile people are going to fall victim to this because it does take time to train, some, you know, an AI to fake your voice. This isn't something that can just oh, happen. Hello, hello. Yeah. So they're just not going to be able to randomly start pulling people out of a, you know, 
uh, quote unquote phone book or a list of phone numbers and start randomly calling them. Because- well, I'll go as far back as to, you know, answering phones. I used to go, yes. Or I'm cognizant now when it, if I do get a call and I'm not sure, which I don't say yes or no. I don't say, yeah, I, I, I don't say things that could be replayed and or or potentially get you in some legal yeah except you said yes to it yeah yes yeah so hopefully nobody's recording this radio program yeah because a lot of times it'll start like like uh is this is this steve bakken yes oh now they've just recorded you saying yes yes. but we've got you signing up for this right timeshare thing right I, i don't ever say yes yeah that's a very good policy yeah i that's yeah it it Okay. People, people and, that you don't know. Am I being overly sensitive? Maybe a little bit, but but I am I being paranoid, Marlo? I, I don't think. I think these are good protocols to have in place when you're picking up a phone and you don't recognize the phone number. And this is the thing. I mean, you know, like me, for example, I get phone calls from people I don't know or that I don't have their phone number in my phone all the time. But I'm expecting a phone call. Like me, a particular, yeah, like you. Uh, but, but I'm expecting a phone call from a potential client or whatever, and they have my number, but it's not into my phone yet. So I'll answer the phone. And sometimes it is a scammer, you know, because I just pick up because I'm expecting a phone call from somebody. And uh, nothing's more aggravating than that, of course. But I think it's, I think it's okay to be careful. Yeah, would be the word. And and to make sure that if you're talking to your daughter and there's something frantic going on, to ask for the safe word or have a special thing that you have in place so that you know that you can identify this person. I just think that those are really, really important things. Well, and you go back to the educational side of things within a family group and a family unit. But, you know, take a look at what uh, just rolled out in the state of North Dakota this last week. Um kids are going to have to learn cybersecurity. Right. Right. So we're getting there. We're preparing that next generation, whether or not they listen is entirely different subject matter, but it it is actually laying the groundwork for what's coming in the future. Yeah. So, and and I feel good about that from a security perspective because that that's, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not even get into, you know, uh, Another question or another thing we should talk about probably in this space. Why are we, we're really focusing more on the bad than the good today, which, which I, I watch too many movies. I we, get we, that we talked about that at the beginning. I, I watch too many movies that bad things happen. Yeah. You know, the yeah. Matrix and but Terminator. I, I'm sure you've heard of the term deep fakes, right? Right. Yeah. So that's what's next. And that's a wrap on another fantastic episode of The Tech Ranch. Remember, if you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. 